Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday, TGIF from the opening drive. It's 7 o'clock in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers and officially licensed Rolex Jeweler. With Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us. How are we doing, kids? Doing well. We're doing good. Doing good. Yeah. Good. Look, at, look outside the window, by the way, right that now. It's stunning. Oh, glorious. Take a picture of that. If you're driving, Picturesque. do a quick glance. Well, uh-huh. you guys on the road. Just you a quick wanna, glance. Yeah. yeah. You want to keep you. You don't want to. Yeah. How about your St. Louis Blues last night? Oh, How man. They they're do? good. Oh. They're, well, we got a Jack Adams trophy winner here. All right. And uh, Drew. I, I wish his name was Raymond rather than. Uh, yeah, so that we could just call him Ray Ban. <laughs> oh my god! I wonder if he's a brother named Ray. It's like a car crash where I heard the screech beforehand and I just couldn't look away. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's Matthew Rocchio. Good to have you with us. So uh, we hit. Oh, their oh. favorite song. Oh, we didn't need it. Yeah, you can bring that back. You, you, you can bring that up. So, as it turns out, Alex Ferrario is a spectacular insider mm-hmm. for 101 ESPN. That's and over the course of the last couple of days, uh, unbeknownst to the Blues, he's worked his way into the Blues dressing room. And uh, after the after the loss to Detroit the other night, and before Craig Berube was unceremoniously whacked by Doug Armstrong, and I have to believe it wasn't very ceremonious. I think they just went in, literally had a beer, and said, hey, you're fired, buddy. Uh, well... Before that, Barubi was recorded in the dressing room. Mm. And, you know, the Blues five years ago, they, they won the Stanley Cup. So he, he was talking to his team, and uh, this is what uh, Alex Ferrario picked up on the 101 ESPN microphones. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. <laughs> and then he went on to, to specifically single out Jordan Cairo and said, Jordan, you've got to start moving your feet. You've got to start playing with effort. You've got to be better than you've been. You've got so much talent. And Alex, again... Microphones in the room caught Jordan Cairo's response to the plea of Craig Berube for him just to play hard. You ain't my paw. <laughs> they and say so, ain't in Canada. Yeah. You ain't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ain't a my paw. And so, as we know, the Blues made a coaching change, and yesterday they uh, they introduced their new coach, Ray Ban. To, no, we, we got to go with Drew, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, uh, he, Alex again at the rink for his initial speech, and he, he had a, a speech written out for the players. Excuse me while I whip this out. <laughs> <laughs> and so, he, 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 he spoke to the players, uh, and, uh, and Drew Bannister. Go ahead, make my day. And uh, so that was kind of the threat to to his players, and they apparently accepted that challenge as they knocked off the Ottawa Senators last night by a score of four to two. But it wasn't all sunshine lollipops for no. all of the Blues players. It, it was a good day. One yeah. of them, one of them wow. said, "You ain't my paw," and then uh, also told Jeremy Rutherford, uh, 
He's not my coach anymore. And that was Jordan Cairo. Uh, I have no comment. He's not my coach anymore. And I'll tell you what, it, you've got to be smarter, right? I mean, you have to you have to read the room. You have to understand that this was a very unpopular move on the part of Blues fans. And so last night, the Blues playing the Senators, pregame introductions. Jordan Cairo, number 25. Who thought to start him? <laughs> number 25, Jordan Cairo. <laughs> they're just saying Cairo. Oh. That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. Yeah. That's what I said. They're yelling my name all night. (laughs) Fortunately for Kairou, his line mate and buddy and member of our show, Bobby Tommy, was able to kind of quell some of the discomfort on the part of the Blues fans. Blues moving ahead, deflected. What a play to Thomas. Brinkley shoots. He scores. Bobby, Tommy. Yeah, he'll be with us at 9.15. Uh, so the Blues were off and running to a one nothing start, but <laughs> unfortunately, that wasn't all for Jordan Cairo. Here's Falk, swings around to this side for Cairo. And now back to the line, tap it in to Cairo. Snaps it back. And Falk waiting for Hayes. To this side to Cairo. Now Falk unloads it, and that bomb goes wide. Now Hayes, centering pass off a stick. Now to Cairo, and the Blues set up again. And now Cairo waiting. Here's Neighbors on the outside for Hayes. Shoots it, and that goes waiting against Norris. Luke Davis. And then for Cairo, he missed the pass, and it comes back to center ice. And now Krug right back in the zone to Cairo. Snaps a shot blocked by Chikrin, and that goes high into the netting. Maybe that'll precipitate shorter shifts. Yeah, man. <laughs> that was just Cairo. That's yeah, what every that time was, he guys. The puck. So good for the Blues fans. And fortunately for Jordan Cairo, one nothing Blues after a period, and then 5-17 into the second. Blues deflect the puck to the front. Thomas right there. He scores. Sodder also scored. That was at the 8.42 mark of the second period. 3-0 Blues, which Navich in the third Blues win by a score of 4-2. to two. And as you might expect, well, number one, I, I didn't expect that Jordan Cairo would be made available to the media. Kudos to the Blues Public Relations Department for getting, first of all, telling him, hey, this is what you got to talk about. This is your talking points. The, the best PR people are the ones that say, this is what you're going to be asked. This is what you need to say. And the Blues PR staff got him front and center and got him prepared to talk about, speaking with Jeremy Rutherford in the media yesterday, saying he's not my coach anymore about Craig Berube. Uh, uh, he, I have no comment. He's not my coach. Mm-hmm. The guy that brought the Stanley Cup to St. Louis, Craig Berube, he's not my coach. Coach, this uh, let's get his response first, CD. Here we go. Here's Jordan Cairo last night after the game. I mean, you know, obviously respect Chief. You know, he's been my coach for the whole time I've been here, right? So, you know, I respect everything he's done here. You know, he's done, he's done a great job. You know, he won a cup, right? So, all I really meant was, you know, I'm just trying to focus on my future and, you know, focus on what I can do to help my team win. So that's that's all I really meant. I think being a pro, and I talk about this all the time, is handling things in a professional manner at all times even if you may have a disagreement or dislike or not be in tune with the coach that just that just got fired the professional way to go about it is you know it's unfortunate wish we would have played better wish him best wish him wish him the best of luck mm-hmm. 
That's all you had to say. Mm -hmm. But a, a no comment is a huge comment. And you're really letting everyone know people that already assume that part of the reason or maybe the main reason why Craig Berube was fired is is you. And then you come out and you respond in that manner. You're just adding fuel to the fire. So what you are supposed to do is just put that fire, put a blanket on it, spray it with water, and don't add to it. Just say, hey, you know, we wish him the best. Uh, it's just unfortunate how things happen here. Exactly. And that's the end of it. And you can even say, we didn't even see eye to eye. If you do feel mm-hmm. like you'd want to say something, because here's the thing. We, it's, you don't even have to assume that they didn't have a good relationship when it comes to player and coach. It was very obvious they didn't have a great relationship when you're talking about them being a player and coach. Maybe they were fine off the ice, but Carrie, as you know, things can be different yeah. when you're in those game environment situations specifically, and they probably did not get along. This is a hard lesson for Jordan Cairo because as you mentioned with the no comment thing, that's where you lose the narrative. You have to be able to control the narrative. And by actually just saying, you know, look, maybe we didn't see eye to eye. There's a million different ways he could have gone about it. But then when you have the no comment, he's not my coach anymore. It's left to interpretation. And the feeling is that you basically didn't see eye to eye and things did not go well with the head coach that brought a Stanley Cup here to St. Louis and obviously was very loved by fans. And it's so much perspective when somebody who did learn to play hard and did produce like Brett Hull, he could have said the exact same thing. I don't remember, but he could have said the exact same thing when Mike Keenan was fired and he would have been a hero and probably, well, he was a hero because he did get Mike Keenan fired, but you're a guy who still hasn't tried hard consistently in the NHL. You are exceedingly immature, probably stuck at an age where you aren't going to grow up because somebody's giving you $64 million over the next seven years. And, uh, well, it's 64 over eight, but uh, this year plus seven more. And so it's like he didn't have a clue as to how popular Craig Berube is in this town. (laughs) You know? He probably didn't. No. he, he, He probably... I told like in his own bubble, in his own lane, has blinders on to everything mm-hmm. going on and around the, the the team that is not associated with him. And so that was that feels like what that what that answer was. He's not my coach anymore. Yeah. No comment. So Jordan Cairo asked last night after the game, after he'd been booed lustily by Blues fans, what's your message to them? I mean, just you know, sorry if it sounded in a bad way at all. I mean, yeah. just like I said, you know. I'm just really trying to focus on on the future here and and you know focus on what I can do to you know help our team win and you know help get wins for the boys. So. Oh, 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 oh! That includes playing hard. That includes yes. if you if you want to help your team, playing hard is a good place to start. Mm-hmm. That's if, all if, Blues fans ask for is to play hard. Yes, and you have the comments also even prior to this firing with head coach Craig Berube about the lack of, of intensity. Right, you had Shin saying that there's guys who were kind of turning on and off their intensity. It's very clear that there was multiple guys in. The this conversation and you could surmise that probably Jordan Cairo was yeah. a part of this conversation because I think we've all seen it right we watch the games there's times where the intensity from him is not always there and that could be that he did not get along with head coach Craig Bruby but still there's a right way and a wrong way to go about it if he would have had the comments that he said last night in the first place mm-hmm. then we wouldn't have been in this situation to begin with and that's why this is just a really hard learning yeah. lesson in PR specifically that, that yeah. requires being self-aware though. yeah but yeah, so, yeah. so the question becomes, you know, young fella, why so emotional? Um, it's definitely the toughest game I've probably played, to be honest. But, I mean, it's just tough, right? Like, you know, I love playing here, so it's just it's tough to hear the fans booing me there. Sorry. 
Yeah. Hey, you know what? Play hard, be smart. It's not. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, those are two good, pretty good credos. Play hard, be smart. Um, I, I think the best way to, as you said, get out of that feeling that he's having mm-hmm. right now, just do your job, man. Yeah, play like, hard. It, it is the simplest thing. Fans will respect you. They will love you. You will be uh, um, etched in their memories for their entire lives if you just play the game hard and play the game the right way. It's not really about how many goals you score. For him, maybe it is more because of the money that he's receiving, but it's about the effort that you give. And if there are questions from teammates, if a coach is fired, if you know fans are watching and, and media members are, are watching this team and they're saying, hey, that's not enough based on what you're being paid, yeah, you, you, you just play hard, man, and, and people will love and, and respect you. If there's a Blues person that's driving around right now, and I don't expect Jordan Cairo, who's 25 years old, to understand Blues history, but I can give him a little lesson in history, okay, because I've been around, you know? And in 1988-89, Brett Hull was new to the Blues, and he scored 41 goals, 43 assists, 84 points. 41 goals, really good year. And he went into his postseason exit talk with Brian Sutter, thinking, oh man, this is going to be great. He's going to tell me how great I am. After scoring 41 goals, I can't wait to get into this meeting. He gets into the meeting with Sutter, and Sutter says, Brian, or uh, Brett, you had a good year, but you have a chance to be amazing. You need to play hard, and you need to move your feet. Did Brett Hall bitch and moan? No. You know what he did? He started playing hard and moved his feet, and the next year scored 72. And then the year after that, scored 86. So when a coach is trying to get the most out of you, it's not Mm -hmm. because he doesn't like you. It's because he thinks you have ability. And I don't know if Jordan Cairo is ever going to figure this out. It's clear that Jordan Cairo has ability. But it's almost like he takes the request to play hard and be his best as a personal affront. And I wish he wouldn't. I wish... And Kerry, you're a coach. You see this all the time. It would be really nice if players would understand that if the coach gets the most out of you, it's going to be good for you, and it's going to be good for the coach. It's not because he doesn't like you. It's because he thinks you have a chance. We, we, the, the best part of, of coaching is when you see a player reach their full potential. And, and as a coach, you know, man, this guy's still got more. He doesn't know it, or maybe he doesn't believe it, but there's still more there. Now, if... If what you're, and the question that I would ask Jordan Cairo, is this the best effort you can give? Mm-hmm. If it is, cool. Let's just say that. If there is nothing more, that's what I would ask. If I were the coach, if there is nothing more that you can give, cool. We'll, we'll, we'll live at this place right here. But if you can look in yourself and say, no, nah, I, I can, and I, then you should. And there shouldn't be any question. No one should be questioning your effort or your energy. And I'm going to make a comment here, and this is not a comment that's made lightly, okay? Because I, I hate to make these comments. But until Jordan Cairo proves otherwise, he's a coach killer. He, he got one killed, right? Until he proves otherwise and starts mm-hmm. playing hard and contributing to a winning organization and overcomes what he said yesterday and his actions in leading to Craig Bruby getting fired. Until that, if you're one of the highest paid players, you're perceived as one of the best players. And if you are seen by pretty much everybody in hockey as the reason that a coach got fired, you're a coach killer. So he's got to change that narrative about himself. It's it's not on me. Uh, that's already my perception. But that's perception in the United States and Canada. That's not just me. Uh, he's known, and I hope a teammate will tell him, look, this is what you've earned here in the last few days. You've got to change the narrative. He's the only one that can. 
Exactly. And somebody just texted this in, and I was about to say it too, is pressure is a privilege. It really is. And Craig Berube, I truly believe, just from what I was able to see and also hear from former players and players who are still here, he got the most out of his guys. And he was pushing you because he could realize that potential. He was putting pressure on you because he knew that it was a privilege to be here. It's a privilege to wear the blue note. And when you're wearing that blue note, you're 100% expected to carry yourself like the rest who came before you. So if somebody's not seeing that in you, they are going to push you. So I hope this was a very hard lesson, but I hope from here on out, the best way to silence the blues winning yeah, and putting out 100% effort every single night. Yep. Uh, football game, everybody saw this coming last night. Uh, the Raiders put up 63 on the Chargers, 63-21. I was so happy that at near the end, uh, this is how sick I am, near the end of the telecast, Kirk Herbstreet, this is after the two-minute warning, Kirk Herbstreet said, I thought this was going to be like a 10-6 game. <laughs> the Raiders got shut out on Sunday, 3 nothing by uh. the Vikings. Last night they put up... 63 on the Chargers and win 63-21. I wonder if Brandon Staley makes it through the day as the head coach of the Chargers. I, the fact that he still has a job. Well, it's only, what, 5 a.m. right now. Yeah, he's a defensive LA. coach. Yeah, that that's that's terrible. Aiden Mc... Mc, Mc Aiden... Aiden Connell. O'Connell. O'Connell. O'Connell, yeah. yeah. You don't even know the guy. We're like, 20 of 34 Aiden. for 248 and four touchdowns. Eight different Raiders scored touchdowns. First time since 1950 that's happened in the NFL. They even threw the ball to Devontae Adams. Finally. Yeah, eight for 101 and a touchdown. That screws over. Well, that makes a lot of uh, fantasy owners really unhappy. Made me happy. <laughs> Are you playing against him this week? Well, I got... No, I got I got Devontae Adams. Oh, okay. In one, oh. Of, my in one of your leagues. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So, uh, there were we're off and running here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. A special Friday edition of Sick of It here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. To get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646-314-399. Yo ho! All right, what are you sick of, Brooke? You know what I'm sick of? I'm sick and tired of the Dodgers getting all of the nice <laughs> things. It is enough. It is enough, okay? You're getting enough. You, I, They're going to keep adding. So they had the press conference for Shohei Otani yesterday. By the way, his dog's name is Decoy, not I'm, Blue. I'm not buying it. You're not, you don't believe it? I you think, think he just, changed it? I think he just changed that dog's name. Yep. Wow. Mm. Interesting. Wow. Why would he not want anyone to know Decoy? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's a decoy. Oh, we're getting to somewhere. Yeah. I like conspiracy theories yeah. like that. So the Dodgers getting everything they want more. Guys, I'm sick of it because it reminds me of Christmas season, right? When you have your little wish list that you put together from Santa. And yeah, you're going to put some outlandish things on there. You're not expecting to get them. But literally, the Dodgers are like that kid that you went to high school with that got every single outlandish, crazy thing that he wanted on his Christmas wish list from Santa, where it makes you question, why is Santa giving him more (laughs) preferential treatment than me? What did I do wrong? I tried to do as many good deeds as possible, so I'm sick of it because it just doesn't feel fair. By the way, Tyler Glass now on the move over to the Dodgers, so they're going to have Shohei Otani, Tyler Glass now, and oh, by the way, they're not done yet adding to their starting rotation. 
destination. Would not be surprised still if Yamamoto lands with the Dodgers. I know that he just met with the Phillies yesterday, but still, they're getting everything they want and more. It just doesn't feel fair. It's unfortunate. I mean, it's good for them, right? It is. It's not for us. It's the name yeah, of the they game. They're still not going to have fans show up on time, so what difference yeah, does right. it make? <laughs> 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 They're not going to get there to the bottom of the fourth <laughs> inning, so who the hell cares, right? <laughs> not them. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. You know what I'm sick of? I, I get sick of uh, incoherent uh, messages, texts, when people can't put a thought together, not just on the our text line, but when you are receiving messages and you're trying mm-hmm. to decipher, it's like a, a hieroglyphics, you're trying to figure out what this message, what are you saying? Put a period <laughs> there. There's a comma. That should be a question mark. What did you learn in school? Why are you this old and unable to put formulate a sentence correctly? That drives That's me crazy. Frustrating, isn't it? it, it because I, I I won't take my time to read it and decipher it. I just go to the next thing. <laughs> I don't give a damn. Did you see my message? Yeah, I saw it, but I couldn't read it. So I don't know what you want me to do. Oh, my gosh. No, I get it. But now I'm also insecure because I just looked back at her group text. I was like, oh, man, I didn't put a period at the end of the sentence. See, you misspelled. Why do you think you said it? I I fat-fingered it. No. You're a fuck. I'm talking about you. No. Because we were talking about in the group chat last night, Taylor Swift, the breaking news that shocking guys that she (laughs) and that Travis Kelsey wouldn't be able to be at her birthday party. And so I sent it to you guys. And I just realized I forgot to put a period at the end of the sentence. So I am sorry, CD. So I didn't even see that. But I, I did say that because she is such a superstar, why wouldn't she just change her birthday until the offseason? Okay. Uh, guys, here's something I'm sick of. And unfortunately for me, get off your lawn shaking my fist at the cloud guy. It ain't going to change. But I'm sick of athletes that don't hate losing. Yeah, that, that, that's a. I think hating losing is the most important aspect to being a successful athlete. Randy, the times have changed so much. When when guys were making you know 100k maybe mm-hmm. and and you know going in the offseason and having other jobs, this is long long time mm-hmm. ago. It, it, there was probably more of a passion for for as a, collectively as a group for your job. Now it's it's hit or miss. You got yeah. some guys that really love the sport and the game that they play, and then you got guys that don't. Mm-hmm. And they're they are there. You you talked about it. Some some uh, a Rams player that that just didn't really care about the game what but you know it was good first round who was um oh uh, Alex like, Barron yeah you said he he just he wanted to play basketball he wanted to play player. in the NBA yeah mm-hmm. but yeah. you know what I, I I've been spoiled I was spoiled recently by the 2019 Blues I, I was spoiled totally by Tony Larusa and I, I wish now man looking back how great would it be to have a, a coach or a manager where you say hey how you doing he'd say ask me at 10 30 because his life was defined by winning or losing. And The Greatest Show on Turf, one of the reasons The Greatest Show on Turf was great, it's not just the fact that they were exceptionally talented, one of the most talented teams in the history of the league, but man, those two games that those guys lost devastated them, and they weren't going to allow it to happen. And you have to collect those kind of players. And unfortunately, there just aren't a lot of those guys running around these days. We've talked about that, where it seems like the team aspect of the game is being lost, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I, there's a lot of people, too, who are just more worried about 18-second YouTube Super. highlights. And that's an issue in itself, because they're worried about the more individual thing rather than the big picture, which that you would literally need your whole team to win a game mm-hmm. and to win a championship. If I'm if I'm evaluating, recruiting, scouting, 
planning on signing players to long-term contracts. I, I need to know, what do you do in your spare time? Who's yeah. your favorite player? Why? What did you learn from their game? What did Because <laughs> you'll be surprised how many professional athletes have no knowledge of the history of the mm-hmm. game, let alone the position that they play. Who's your favorite cornerback? I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know. You, you, you play corner. Yeah. Dion, maybe? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah, Dude, just throw his name Jerome out Jenkins. there. Jenkins. Anybody. <laughs> Come on. Right. Matthew, what do we got on the text line? I'm sick of these overpaid athletes not performing and wanting respect from the fans. Kyrie is no better than Jack Flaherty. Yeah. I think Jack Flaherty is very competitive. He is. He's been held back, obviously, by physical maladies. And I don't know if you saw, but he went to the Tigers yesterday. He signed a one-year deal, $14 million with the Tigers. But I don't put Jordan Cairo and Jack Flaherty in the same bucket at all. Very different. Very, very different. And let's look at it from this prism, okay? The Would Brian Sutter... And let's come up with another ultra-competitive St. Louis Blue. Would, would Brian Sutter and David Backus, would they go to Jordan Cairo and say, hey, I see something there competitively. I want that guy's number. Would, would those two ultra-competitive guys, Brian Sutter and David Backus, go to people and say, I want to I want to meet that guy, like Bob Gibson and Chris Carpenter did for Jack Flaherty? Mm. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. No, Jack Flaherty, just from my own perspective, media perspective, when Jack said something, he stood by it. (laughs) He wasn't wasn't backing down on those comments, for sure. He stood by those comments and he meant it. And I do have respect for that aspect of when you say something, you know the weight behind your words, and he would stand by them. Okay, and I will... I'm going to be fair here, okay? When we're comparing and contrasting, I will give the first part. When we're comparing and contrasting, because the the texture did, Jack Flaherty and Jordan Cairo. I will just say this. Jack Flaherty is smart. That's all I need to say. <laughs> Sick of the NHL having the home and away jerseys backwards. White's at home, darn it. 100%. That's one of the stupidest things in the history of sports. <laughs> all right. And Gary Bettman, this is a pox on you and on your commissionership of the National Hockey League. What we want to see is the Canadians red, the Rangers blue, the Blackhawks red. Nobody cares about the stupid Red Wings sweaters. But what we want to see is the different colors of the different franchises. We don't need to see the same white on jerseys every night and the same blue at home. It's boring. So Gary Bettman, uh, get your head out of your blank and please fix this way overdue rule. By the way, it used to be that the National Hockey League teams wore white at home, so we got to see all the different colorful jerseys. Mm-hmm. I would much rather see the Rangers blue than the Rangers white. I would much rather see the Blackhawks red or mm-hmm. black than the Blackhawks white. I would much rather see, much, much, much rather see the Canadians red than the Canadians white. Even in our division, I would rather see the Panthers baby poop green than the Panthers <laughs> white. I, I would. So... <laughs> I'm sorry. That's the, the Panthers. The Predators. Predators. Baby poop green. That's the best. Mustard. It's very mustardy. Mustardy. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. Smart text there. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sick of time. Also, just by the way, the entire NFL has it has it backwards, and they have had and they had for 30 yeah, years. Well, we, except, for, except for your Cowboys. For, I, it bothers me that they're the only ones who actually don't yeah, have I, that I wrong. It, and mm, hey, that's one of the NFL. things. And, well, I'm not going to give any credit, but one thing the Rams did down the stretch here, with as dark as the dome was, it was smart to go to the white jerseys. It home. was, yeah. Uh, I'm sick of Tyler O'Neill getting treated like dirt. Can't wait till he hits 50 in Boston. Oh, I can't either. <laughs>
No, how, how many, many years did I get to Yeah, there wasn't a timetable put on that. Yeah, you gotta stay healthy. Yeah. And uh, here's the thing we would never treat him like dirt because <laughs> he didn't dive into it. Oh, Randy. <laughs> Randy. <laughs> Am I wrong? Damn. <laughs> It's going to be absolutely nuts. People will lose their minds if all of a sudden Tyler O'Neill just is the healthiest he's ever been (laughs) after he leaves the Cardinals. That's just, there's no way, right? MVP caliber year, top five MVP candidate. He's still, even though he's in Boston and things have changed, he's a pulled hamstring waiting to happen. Hey, John Mosellock said he'll probably get MVP. Uh, I'm sick sick of paying for shipping. Working into the price and make me feel a little bit better about buying this gift and not tacking on $15 for shipping. Uh, It's not like I can pick it up in a warehouse as an option. Just tag it on to the price. I can't believe. Okay, I just assumed that everybody had Amazon Prime. Everybody in this room have Amazon Prime? I do. Who yes. ever pays for shipping anymore? Nah. Well, if you I don't purchase things Amazon. outside yeah. of Amazon. Well, that's Who purchase the thing. things outside of Amazon? <laughs> oh, you guys literally <laughs> buy everything oh, on Amazon? As much as possible. I did that for about a year and then stopped. <laughs> that's as as much as the reason they're a monster. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. There is other stores outside of Amazon where they, they do add the shipping, but <laughs> that definitely makes it a little bit easier. Whenever yeah. Amazon yeah. has Amazon Prime, I like I like how quick it gets there too. Man, I oh, ordered something at 10 a.m. one day and it was there by 4 p.m. I said, yeah. this, this is, is nice. this is life here. This, this, this so, is living. This is the future. Okay, pick the numbers goes, man. Three people couldn't go to the bathroom for six hours, but it got here quick. Don't ruin my day. Hey, stay out of there so, with that. In the, in the years that uh, years that I worked with Michelle, I, I was. So you got your Christmas shopping done? She said, of course. She always had it done by Thanksgiving. Jeez. Oh, my God. And uh, I said, well, where'd you go? Because I, I knew it was going to. Uh, she said, I never leave my house. Click. Done. <laughs> 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 thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. And thank you very much for your texts. We do appreciate them here on 101 ESPN. I wonder if uh, Cairo has Amazon Prime. He doesn't need it. He's going to make him $8 million. Oh, he probably year. has Amazon Prime. I, I, I would think so. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> wondering if you wonder if he's wonder if he's aware that Christmas is coming up in a week and a half. Yeah. Uh, today is the fifteenth. Today is we're ten oh, days away from days Christmas away. Day. Oh my gosh! Holy Life smoke! Comes at you fast, man. Uh, Jay Delsing. We'll see if he's got his holiday shopping done. Our PGA resident, PGA Tour pro, is next on One Hundred and One ESPN. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. 
to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Jerry, Randy, and Jay Delsing standing by on the celebrity line. And Jay, you are a uh, you you are a smart, thoughtful guy with great opinions, and uh, we we do always appreciate your opinion. So I have a question for you: Are you prepared to answer? Oh, uh, I don't know, man. I've been listening this morning, and you guys are on it. Okay, are on it. I'm a little nervous. Very simple question: Your general, and this doesn't have to be specific, but your general opinion of somebody who walks into a store and loves the smell of tires. <laughs> Loves the smell of what? Tires. 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 Like some somebody who said, I oh. loved Sears because I used to go in. The first thing you would smell is tires in the auto department. What do you think of that? Um Come on. Jay, no, let me state my case here because I feel like I'm being singled out right it's now. It's you? Yeah, it is. Tires smell great to me. Everybody has, here's the thing, everybody has their, their smells. And Rock said that he likes the smell of cigarettes and gasoline. So That's everybody a great has. Deadly combo. Everybody has their wow. specific smells they like. I like the smell of new tires. <laughs> that is that is unique. That's very I like the freshly unique. mowed gas of a spring golf course. <laughs> the, the freshly <laughs> mowed grass is is a great smell. I like the co- the the smell even though I hate the taste. I like the smell of coffee. I can't imagine <laughs> wanting to go to a store so that I can sniff tires. <laughs> okay, when you Man, phrase, I, when you I, phrase I, it I like that, Randy, it say, does sound great. Uh, like Fresh rain or something, Brooke. That's what you know. That's what you were my, my tires. tires. That's probably well, why people... Sears is closed now. Okay, here's the thing. There is obviously other smells that I love. I'm not saying it's top tier. I love the smell of fresh baked cookies, okay, different things good. like that. But I'm saying everybody Sounds has like you're their... bailing out now, Brooke. No, 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 no. Because everybody has their unique smell that they like. What is your unique smell that you like? Oh, I don't know if it's unique, but this time of year, I love the smell of. Like a pine, when I I get a live Christmas tree, and so I put the live Christmas tree, and I always get a um, a pine candle in there, so it's a little stronger. And when my kids come home, it's like, Dad, it always smells like a you know like a forest in here or something. I'm like, Yeah, it's my Christmas tree. I don't tell them. They don't notice the candle that's going on over there. I, I simply like the smell of a Michaels when you walk in, just the uh-huh. fresh smell. It, 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 that's what I prefer. Yeah, the 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 the, 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 like the, the Michael store, 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 yeah, yeah. the craft store. When you oh. walk in and the whatever that scent is and how big that Plastic? space is, no, it's a no, that candle. It's, it's an emotional scent. thing. Yeah. That case, like somebody, somebody's a, grandma took it. No, there's a wonderful smell <laughs> in Michaels when you walk in, and it always smells great. Now I wonder how you get that big of a space to smell like that all the time. No, sure guys, guys, we're learning a lot this morning. We did this at Wild Crush. There are scent machines. So I don't know if you've stayed, when, whenever you have, I, you know, I meet someone for dinner, staying at a really super nice hotel. They have their own individual scents. Yep. Like a Four Seasons Hotel or a Ritz-Carlton or something like that. And so we did that at Wild Crush. Right at the front door, we put this scent machine in. And I don't know. I want to know who's the person that creates the names for scents, like glistening snow. What? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or uh, that are like colors for the morning. 
Yeah, how do they, anyway, so there's machines and there are companies that make quite a bit of dough off of stuff like that. All right, uh, Jay Tiger and his son Charlie playing this week. And it's really interesting. We, we always talk about Tiger being the needle. Isn't it interesting to you that Charlie has kind of become a golf needle too? Everybody, not everybody, but golf fans want to tune in just to watch uh, Tiger's son play golf. Oh, I, I, it's amazing. And you know what's interesting about this week is that the, the biggest – Headline so far is that they're wondering, you know, Charlie's got to move back a set of tees because of his age, and so he's got to move back to play the golf course at 6,600 yards long instead of 6,000. And people are, you know, going, well, are they going to be able to compete? It's interesting, Randy. They, they when you do everything like, and arguably the greatest player of all time, we could have that debate with Tiger and Jack Nicholas. But when you have a clone. I mean, this kid, he twirls his club. He, it's amazing how his mannerisms have completely copied his dad. It's almost to a freaky point. It's like synchronized golf when they, when they swing. Jay, obviously it's probably unfair to, to put him next to his father, but how, what is his ceiling as far as being a, a young golfer and, and potentially moving forward in this game? You know, Kerry, it's, it's just amazing. When you think about what Earl Woods did, to Tiger to try to create this, you know, because Earl clearly wanted to try to create what he did create. There's probably several million kids that can't stand their dad now because their dad's tried to do the same thing. <laughs> Generally speaking, backfires. Remember the Saturday Night Live skit where they had the guy come out with his uh, golf club super glued to his hands, mm-hmm. you know, and that was Earl and Tiger. And so they just they, they just get carried away with someone like Charlie. He seems so at ease to me and for and for for a, what I guess he's 15 years old now but we've been watching him play at least in the PNC tournament for 4 years now and he just seems so at ease in front of people and that's one of the things you know as a golfer that that gets a little disconcerting when you're young is you're playing in front of people and it's not as much the messing up it's you know you you still hit foul balls every once in a while you might kill somebody you know, and to see Charlie do that, it, it's pretty its pretty damn amazing. But, you know, you guys were talking about Cairo and all of this stuff. The, the thing that amazes me about the, the modern-day athlete and the athletes in the other, other sports training is they all get paid for what they did, right? Let's try to pay these guys for what they're doing and try to, try, try to see which – you'll find out who the most competitive guys are because as a golfer, if you lay down, you're laying down on yourself. And, yeah, right. and your family, and and so it never happens. And when when you know these guys are they're good players. And don't get me wrong, but I mean, man, it, it's it's tough when you when you load these guys up with money and they've got all of this security, and sometimes it doesn't bring out a better player. Hey Jay, uh, word came out this week that the PGA Tour has spent twenty and a half million dollars on legal fees in the last year. That's more than the last nine years combined. In the big picture, is twenty and a half million dollars a big deal for the PGA Tour? Uh, no, and not unless not if it was a one-time hit. The problem is, you, you know, guys, John Rahm going over to Live Golf is a clear shot across our bow to say, boys, you need to get this deal done because we. We'll just keep adding fifty million dollars to our offers until we have every every player. And and I have heard in this in the, some of the circles that Yasser's pissed that they are going to some of the other PE guys, you know. And he's like, "Listen, I'm the guy. I want a seat at this table, and you got to figure out how to make this happen." 
And so I really think there was, we had a gentleman's agreement that there would not be any more players poached until after the 31st of, mm. of December. And that happened. So you can, you can go from there. I mean, it's, 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 there's, there's still a lot of, a lot of unrest. We just had 21 players hire attorneys because they don't like the fact that they hired one attorney and kind of a, a group for the group because they want to know what the hell's going on in these negotiations and what does it mean for us, for everybody. Finally, Jay, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about the show in a second. You had a show coming up on Sunday, but what's the coolest golf thing that you have for your game that not everybody has that you would advise people to buy as a holiday gift for the golfer that seems to have everything? I got the greatest speaker because I love music and I'm listen, I love listening to music when I play. But guys, it's also got this little disc that you put in your pocket and it, it's got GPS in it. It'll tell you how far, how far you are. So you'll walk out and it'll go, you're 127 yards to the pin. Oh, man. It, it, yeah, it's really pretty cool. It's called a, um, a Bushnell Wingman. And uh, and this and besides that, not that I would ever play my music too loud, but it's it can it can rock. Yeah, can we put can we put one of those Bluetooths in our balls so we know how far away we are from those? Some of them, it's a couple of times where I've been, I don't know where that is. I gotta gotta find that Bushnell Wingman. Sure, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> I like that. All right, so you got a show coming up on Sunday. A couple of hours here on Sunday morning. You and Danny Mac. What do you got coming up? Uh, we've got Kurt Byram on the show. So Kurt is, uh, I, I'm not sure, Kurt is up, let's just say Kurt is up for being the new lead analyst at NBC Golf. We got to play college golf together 100 years ago, and he, uh, even though he does not have that, uh, a certain accent, Randy, you know, they're all going to accents. Uh, mm-hmm. Kurt's up for, for taking uh, Azinger's place. So he grew up in South Dakota as a great Midwestern kid, and we, we, had, uh, we had some fun on, uh, interviewing him. With a great Midwestern accent, I like to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> is that even an accent anymore? Yeah, well, uh, Brooke said there is such a thing. That's she's developed one. Yeah, mm, farty far. The oh. farty fart. No, it's <laughs> we were actually taught in journalism school that the Midwest accent is the perfect accent. Brooke, it might be too much tire. No, that is not what it is. I'm telling you, because the Midwest accent is doesn't have an accent, <laughs> so that's why it's perfect because you can't exactly place where somebody's exactly from. Yep. Okie dokie. I'm trying. Jay, great to hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. And we'll uh, hear from you on Sunday morning. You guys are fired up, man. Step away from the caffeine. I love the show. (laughs) Will do. See you later. That's Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Coming up, get your text in for our Tioli. Take it or leave it. 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. Tioli next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, set it right back. Get your text into 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. All 
right. Brooke, Carrie, Randy, and Matthew, get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. If you're watching on our Air Alliance team uh, studio cam on YouTube, just go to 101 ESPN STL. You'll notice that Carrie isn't here right now. Uh, evidently, he went to get some coffee. I hope that that's where he went. Well, he probably got stopped by the puppies, too, because we have oh. puppies today. Puppies in the, at the building. station. Yes. Uh, so uh, down the hall, they're doing a radiothon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're uh, toys for tots or something like that. And I guess uh, puppies go they're with so Christmas. Cute. Okay. Puppies, another you top to have a show puppy. smell. Brooke wants to have a show puppy. Yes, an emotional support puppy. All right. Uh, all right, kids. Uh, this is very interesting. From Vinny Bonsignor of the Las Vegas Review Journal. Former Raiders head coach John Gruden could be a candidate to watch to potentially return as the team's head coach. Gruden's inclusion is curious at first, given how his last Raiders tenure ended. Take it or leave it, Gruden will be one of the finalists for the Raiders head coaching job. I gotta leave that. They're already paying him. (laughs) <laughs> you got a point there. So you got to take, take it. Because they're Davis already paying. Is a renegade too. <laughs> Didn't he get fired for emails and he did. discriminatory things being said? He did, but he says... What in the world yeah. are we doing? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's the NFL. What is going they on here? Recycle. How do you... I, you know what? I just keep my thoughts to myself. It's, it's unfortunate. He, if you fired him for a reason, you probably shouldn't bring him back. It's just my... I would say so. Yeah. I wonder who's going to get the the Chargers job. Bill Belichick. That's a mess. Oh, that'd be fun. Bill yes. Belichick is he is L.A. I mean, he just exudes L.A. Cool. Going to Cincinnati. Yep. That takes be makes a lot of sense. Very boring. Um, you, we saw the the uh, Jordan Cairo. I don't know if it. What, what do we want to call this? Not a kerfuffle. Not a uh, not an incident. Not a brouhaha. What, what do you call? That Skin crying? Fallout? No. <laughs> the, 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 Fallout? Uh, Randy. <laughs> no, I wasn't referring He wasn't to really that. crying. Uh, <laughs> I was referring to Take him being he was booed. Crying. Him being booed. I would say that's a schism. Schism. Between that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, take it or leave it. That continues for the rest of the season. Take it. Ooh. The booing? Take it or leave it. He requests a trade if it does. I'll take that. Ooh. Take it or I'm leave it. Take all that. There is a team in the NHL that would trade for that contract. Uh, I'll there's take a, there it. There'll be somebody. somebody. Randy, you have to a, take it. There's there'll a, be somebody. There's a genius in some front office. Well, here's what's going to happen some front office. You got to do two things if you're a poho or a GM. You got to go to your owner and say, Are you comfortable giving this guy $8 million a year for seven more years? Because it's a guaranteed deal. And then you got to go to your coach and say, Hey, uh, are you interested in this guy? And the coach is going to say, let me call Baruby first. Uh, so I'm going to leave it. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm going to take yeah, it. I think somebody Baruby will take first? it. If I'm a coach, I'm calling Baruby first. What, what's the real issue? What yeah. happened? Can I? Is there any way I can, can you trust them? get this guy to maximize his talent? Yep. And yes, can I trust him? Yeah. Hmm. That's, a, that's, that's a tough word. Tough decision. Take it or leave it. Goodyear tires smell better than Wrangler tires. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just, somebody texted that in. No, I just, no, I felt no. like I had to get that yeah, out of the way. Well, what do you, take it or leave it. Brooke, what do you think? Take it. Take it. Yeah. I yes. have no clue. It's There's different tiers to smells, right? Like there's <laughs> oh, yeah. there's the obvious, We as we stated, there's the obvious smells where it's like, yes, I love cookies. Yes, somebody brought up the pretzels at the mall. 
you know, that smell. Those are obvious, but then you have your unique smell that you like. And I am glad to see that there's other people who join me in this. I'm just imagining David wooing you by taking you to the Costco Costco department, tire (laughs) department, and say, hey, you like that, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do. Our special date nights at a tire shop. (laughs) Back in the day, there was a, a, a line in a book that said, you can delight a woman by offering her cheese. Well, you can delight a woman by offering her the smell of tires. Tire. Hey, tires are expensive. Oh, yeah. So that are. is a nice gift. That yeah. is a very nice gift. Uh, by very the way, nice. as an aside, you just brought this up. Uh, Wetzel's versus Auntie Anne's. Auntie Anne's. For me, it's, it's, it's Wetzel's. No. Wetzel's? Yeah, Wetzel's really? pretzels are great. Yeah. Why? Okay. No, they are, but I'm saying They're, Annie's is. Annie's is. You need like a, an inch of. of um, Napkins to get through Wetzel's pretzels. There's just so much butter. I don't like rhyming with my food. Great. Wetzel's pretzels. So, okay, uh, Brooke. Was that your real one? No, it wasn't. But I mean, I I enjoyed that conversation. My take or leave it is that will Jordan Cairo actually get cheers at the next home game? No. At the next home game? Tonight? Is that tonight? To tomorrow, Blues and Stars tomorrow, six o'clock pregame. Yeah, seven oh, o'clock I'm going to leave that, uh, guys. There's people on social media that are saying that they want to make sure that they will cheer him on mm-hmm. this time instead of the booths. You uh, know what to get him cheers? Playing extremely well. That uh, helps. On the day after Berube was fired, the poll was: What do you think of the St. Louis Blues firing of Craig Berube? Good move, eight point six percent. Bad move, ninety one point four percent. That was thirty one hundred and sixty four votes. I would suggest that it's going to take some time for Blues fans to get over Craig Berube getting fired and the perception that there really was one guy that led the charge to get him fired. Mm-hmm. So you guys are leaving. I'm going to take it because I think just based off the social media mm-hmm. reaction from some people that they're going to make sure to cheer him on. He better score. That helps. A hat trick. Yep. Tickets Indeed. available, by the way, if you want to cheer him on uh, at stlblues.com. Matthew, what do you got? We're actually going to start with the YouTube chat. Juliet texts in and says, take it or leave it. Jordan Cairo is the new J.D. Drew of the Blues. Ooh, good. Mm. I'm going to leave it. Oh, really? Yeah, J- J.D. Drew was, was really disliked. Talented. Yeah, yeah, but he was he was hurt all the time. Uh, the, the, the problem with Drew, he didn't have a bad attitude. He was just hurt all the time. But when he played, he was productive. He's a good player. Like, a, yeah. He, he, better than Cairo at his sport? So I far. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, seems like fans in the over the years have kind of taken more of the the side that he was faking or just being a baby about yeah, all those inju- about all those injuries. Yeah, they're wrong. I think, but I think that's what's happened over the last twenty years. Is people the, yeah. the narrative is that yeah he was yeah. he was being soft. And here's the thing: Jordan Cairo is a nice player, second round pick. <laughs> you can talk to scouts today, baseball scouts, who will tell you even today, twenty five years later, that JD Drew was the best college baseball player they ever saw. Didn't pick up a bat till he was 14. He was literally Roy Hobbs. He was the natural. <laughs> Take it or leave it. There are three St. Louis accents. The journalistic ideal, Nelly, and 44 and Farty Far. I'll take that. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yes. I, I will tell you this. Does Farty Far include use guys? Use guys. Oh, uh, yeah. Zinc, Farty Far, use guys. I think those are all the Too same good. accents. When I got to Illinois, I, I, I was a lot of Chicago people there. Mm-hmm. So we had some St. Louis people that hadn't gone there. And so my first visit, uh, one of my teammates, eventual teammates, was like, what is that called? I'm like, it's a chur. He's like, what, what, what is that sure. on your head? It's, it's her. Like, I, I didn't realize oh, that, no, that yeah. that's how we talk. Like, I never heard it until, and they were just cracking up laughing. <laughs> what are y'all laughing? Is this some rookie haze and stuff? And they just Carrie, what is the, the, the funniest thing in the world. What does the ball fly through? 
the er. Because Chingy from St. Louis, right? Yeah, I grew up with Chingy. Yeah, okay. that's, how, that's how I grew up talking. Yeah, sure. I never knew that it was that's like, that's one. weird. <laughs> I no, had no clue. There that's is, great. I'm going to take it because there is different accents. And of course, they weren't teaching us the farty far in journalism school. Ohio specifically is like the perfect non-accent. So when I'm saying there's no accent, that's the ideal when it comes to speaking. And if you were teaching someone English, you'd want somebody from the Midwest to teach that to you. By the way, at the University of Illinois, are you on the border between soda and pop? Uh, they are well. They are they are a pop. They're a pop. Okay. They're a pop because most of the people are from Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think champagne people do call it so, but a lot of them are from Chicago. So yeah. a lot of people call it okay. pop. Interesting. Yeah. That, that always confuses me. It, so everything's it's just pop. It's soda. It's yeah. soda. North yeah. it's soda though, yeah. or north it, north, north is pop. pop yeah. South it's soda. Once you get past, once you get towards Chicago and up to Michigan, it, it, they call everything is pop. Yeah. Do they say bubbler too for? I a think that's, a, uh, that's Michigan, that's isn't like it? Pittsburgh, is it? Or Pennsylvania? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's get one more in here. Uh, take it or leave it. The Raiders proved that the Vikings defense is clearly the best in the league. Yeah, right, take it. Yeah, take it. There's <laughs> yeah. absolutely no doubt to that. One more thing on the soda. Uh, does do does Atlanta? Is it re- is the whole like you you say Coke for every kind of soda in Atlanta a real thing? Atlanta. Is that a real thing? Yeah, yeah, okay. Coca-Cola okay. Is factory. Like if, I, if I want a, a Sprite, I go. Can I get a Coke? And then they ask me what kind of Coke I want, and then I say Sprite. That's so confusing. <laughs> That's, That's so confusing. But it's I don't also, think they ask for anything other than Coke, though. It's okay. a home of Coke. You can't get a Diet Dr. Pepper there. <laughs> I think they just ask for a Coke because that's all that's available. Yeah. Randy's not going there. No, I'm, I can never live in Atlanta. <laughs> Coming up here on 101 ESPN, we have our fresh take of the day. Will Yadi Molina ever be the Cardinal manager? That's next. Coming your way on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take. I think Yadier Molina is going to be perfect at this job. Um, Do I think it leads to him managing the St. Louis Cardinals someday? I do not think that. Uh, unless there's a different GM, unless there's someone that is inexperienced, that takes over, uh, that is new president of baseball operations. As long as John Moselec's there, he's not going to put somebody in that seat that's going to push back on him. That's just not going to happen. But I do think it's great the Cardinals made sure that Yadier Molina's intellect and experience is in their suite. That's our buddy Greg Amzinger yesterday here on 101 ESPN. Greg, the lead anchor at MLB Network. It's 8.07 Time Check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And just looking at it from a surface area viewpoint, I would totally agree with Greg. And based on what we have witnessed so far from John Mozalek as the Cardinals Pobo with Mike Matheny and then Mike Schilt and now Ali Marmol, there does seem to be a level of pliability among the managers when they get hired. And I am of the belief that, especially because he's a product of Tony Larusa, that Yadi is going to be much more rigid in the way that he wants to run. He wants to run a team and be the manager of a franchise. I just don't believe knowing Yadi like we do, and we don't know him really well, but it just seems like he's a, a much more rigid and less pliable employee than 
the, the other people that have been hired by the Cardinals initially. Yeah, 100%, because Yanni's going to do it his way. And that's what you have been able to see during his time with the organization, right? But this is a whole different experience, having him take on this new role, being a special assistant. And this week, we have our final episode of the one-on-one on sports on Fox 2, which will be airing Sunday night at 11 p.m. And my guest is Benji Molina. So we had a great conversation yesterday about everything with the Cardinals, what he thinks about Wilson Contreras, Yvonne Herrera, and him stepping up. And of course, we talked a lot about Yadier Molina and him taking on this role. And Benji made it very, very clear that Yachty wants to make sure that he gets everything kind of taken care of in Puerto Rico this year because he wants to manage. And he wants to manage and he wants to be here in the big leagues as soon as 2025. So he is doing everything he can to prep because Benji said yesterday, when he's here, he's going to stay here. He knows that it will be a full commitment and he's very aware of that. So he wants to get everything squared away in Puerto Rico this year while he's still helping advise the Cardinals. And Brooke, what's your sense on whether he's zeroed in on the Cardinals or just a major league job? Yeah, he would love to manage for the Cardinals, but Benji acknowledged that Ali Marmol still has the job right now, so it's not about that. It's if that opportunity arises, Yachty will be ready to take on that role if given, but Here's the thing is, he wants to manage regardless. He wants to be here in Major League Baseball managing. And Benji made that very clear, whether it's the Cardinals or not. And I think a lot of teams would want Yachty's experience and what he's able to bring to the table. Yeah, the the experience, the knowledge, the uh, you know, just the the understanding of the game. Mm-hmm. You can't you, you can't find that in 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 a lot of people. He's done a great job his entire tenure as a as a catcher. So he sees the game from a different view than everyone else on the field. So I'm sure he would be a great manager, but as we said, if the Cardinals perform well, Ali is in the last year of his contract. If they perform well, you probably Resign Ali mm-hmm. to a new contract. Now, if you don't perform well, if we have a repeat of last season and and we start off ten and twenty five or something along those lines, then you might be looking at at making a change. But um, and I think Yadi would be the perfect candidate for that. It's just I said this time and time again. That's why when there were there were rumors of him potentially coming back, the grind of being a head coach or being a manager of a professional team is completely different than the grind of playing 162 games or, 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 you know, being at the ballpark in that way. It's just a different mindset, and there's so much more work. It's not the physical work that it is in being a player, but the mental work of being a being a coach, being a manager is, is tough. And so you do have to prepare for that. So I'm glad that he's taking the time to prepare for it. Well, and that's why I like what Benji said, right, is that this is what this is about this year, is Yachty's making sure that he's fully prepared, getting everything settled, because he is having some family matters in Puerto Rico. He didn't go into detail, but he's getting everything settled because his eye is definitely on the big prize of one day managing a Major League Baseball and he wants to do that soon. Benji brought up 2025. This is something that he sees very quickly as to what he wants to accomplish and when it comes to managing Benji brought up, too, that he's been doing a lot of that. As we know, he managed Puerto Rico and the World Baseball Classic. He's been doing other things while in Puerto Rico where he's doing that role, where he's Mm -hmm. managing, where he's taking on that other experience after being a player. So quickly, I I don't think that Yachty will wind up managing the Cardinals. I think he'll wind up managing in the major leagues. But I think the way the Cardinal organization is set up and with Ali in place and with Mo under contract through 2025, I don't think that Yachty does, because of the way the time works, I don't think that, that Yachty does wind up managing the Cardinals. What do you guys think? I think I think he does. I, I, well, I think it depends on what the Cardinals do next season. Mm-hmm. Like If they have a bad year, 
there's no need to fire Ali if his contract is expired. So you just go into 2025 and hire Yadier Molina as your new manager. There there would be, if it's that bad or if you're kind of on the fence of whether or not this is the we're going in the right direction, you don't have to re-sign him. You don't have to do anything. Just let the season play out. And then in 2025, Yadier will be your manager. Yeah, I so, I think Ali gotta gotta get them guys going if he if he wants the new contract. And that's the nature be. of the business, right? Because even if you sign another contract or something like that, if you're not performing well, then your job is always on the line. So mm-hmm. that's no different than here in the situation with Ali Marmol. And here's the thing too, I don't think he's the only one with his job on the line. If things don't work out next season, mm-hmm. you could be looking at John Mozeliak, some front office changes because it will be another season of not performing well. You just can't have that happen. Again, Again, And so I don't think Ali Marmol would be the only one in that tough situation where they could be looking at losing their job. And if you haven't looked at it yet, just uh, get the Cardinals schedule. Just go to Cardinals.com and look at their schedule because the first month can tell you where the Cardinals are going to be and what they might be thinking about everything that we're talking about. And I want to say one thing. In, in fairness to, to Ali, it, it, this is we as athletes and coaches understand we can read the room. Like you, you yeah. are in your final year of your contract. You didn't have a great year. You had a pretty good year your first year, not a great year last year. This is a a, a prove-it season for him. And so his team has to have success. It's not This is not groundbreaking to him as well. He understands that sh- I'm sure that he knows what's on the line for him. He does 100%. And just another point with that, Benji did state that he respects Ali Marmol a lot and so does Yadier Molina. It's just the nature of the business, yes. right? Yeah. That's today's Fresh Take on 101 ESPN. Coming up, Joe Vitale joins us on the opening drive. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Things a little differently. Just imagine how he looks at hockey. Whoa! This is The View from Vitaly. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company. A proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. Tally with us on 101 ESPN, our Blues analyst. You can hear Joey with Chris Kerber for every Blues broadcast. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Randy, doing awesome this morning. Awesome Friday morning. How are you? I'm doing well. A couple of years ago, when it got cold here in St. Louis, you built a nice hockey rink in your front yard. Are you an advocate? Are you a devotee? Are you a lover of white Christmas? Or would you rather prefer it be warm and without snow on Christmas? Listen, as a kid, I loved the white Christmas. I think all the kids do, but you know, now I gotta I gotta clean up the tracking of all the the, the, the mucky, snowy shoe coming through the house. So now I'm actually a fan of a of a nice, uh, mild Christmas. We had one about th- two or three years ago. I don't know if you remember. It was like sixty eight or seventy on Christmas Eve. We were heading to church that night in our shorts and t shirts, basically, which was. I was okay with, but, you know, I'm an unselfish guy, Randy, as you know, and if the kids want a white Christmas, I'll take it. We're not doing the ice rink this year. You know, that was an interesting year a couple years ago. We had, it was that vortex that came through. In St. Louis, you really need, gosh, you need like the tens and the teens, and you needed to stay consistent for about, you know, eight to ten days to really make it worth it. It takes a lot of work when you're just naturally relying on the cold weather. Some people have these... Uh, these coolant tubes run in the ground. Uh-huh. Of course, that's very expensive. So you can have ice up to you know 50 degrees, which is awesome. But again, everything comes with a cost. But if you're doing it naturally, 
you need you need below 32, way below. You need tens and teens for a long time, and you need that doggone sun to stay behind the clouds. There was times where the biggest problem on an ice rink, people don't realize, it's not really the cold weather or being warm. It's when leaves fall on the ice because the sun is attracted to the dark, obviously, and it'll just burn a hole right through your ice. Even if it's 10 degrees outside, it'll burn a hole right through that ice. I never even thought of that. It's another science thing that I've learned. Oh, by the way, Joey, Andrew Marsh, who produces the Fast Lane in the afternoons now, he was producing our show a couple of years ago when you mentioned we had that 70-degree day on Christmas Eve. Marshy and I went out and played golf on Christmas Eve. It was great. <laughs> oh, it was the best. It was the absolute best. You know, the biggest thing for parents, too, is, you know, yeah, I know moms and dads like to get their kids dressed up in, you know, dresses and all that kind of stuff for Christmas, but it was the easiest Christmas Eve to ever get ready for. We didn't need to worry about jackets. We didn't need to worry about snow boots, um, and I didn't have to worry about my mom, my wife, rather. She she gets my son, Shepard, he's two. I, I don't know what it is about moms these days, but they, they dress their boys, like, in these dresses. They're called, like, uh, like uh, bombies or something really? like that. But they're, like, suspenders with, like, high socks and, like, these, like, white shoes. I'm like, what is he wearing? Can we get this kid some Air Jordans and maybe, like, a pair of Nike shorts? I don't know, and... It's like, oh, no, I think he looks adorable. This poor kid's going to be, like, just ripping mom in 20 years from now looking back on these photos. Uh, uh, Bombies? I've never heard of that. They're called, like, uh, not not bloomers or uh, boppies. It's like a... Somebody will text in. It's like a boy name for a dress. I can't think of it. Bloomers. I would hope it's not bloomers. I know it's not a bloomer. I don't know. Okay, we'll figure it out. We'll we'll get to work on it. It's a stupid name that the moms got away with dressing their boys up like dolls because they think it looks cute. And the kids, of course, don't know any better because they're only two and they're not going to put up a fuss. Hmm. We'll have to take a deep dive into this. Not much hockey-wise going on, by the way, this week. Normally we have you to talk hockey-wise. There's nothing going on, Joey. There's nothing going on at all. Um, I tell you what, it's, uh, it's been an emotional 48 hours. It's been ups and downs. It was one thing to lose your head coach in Craig Berube, uh, the man that brought you a Stanley Cup. And then you have to quickly turn the page and be so excited for Drew Bannister, who just got his first National Hockey League win last night. But you still got to be sad about, of course, what what was been done from Craig Berube. And then, of course, you have uh, Jordan Cairo with some comments, you know, yesterday and before the game, and that kind of blew up in the Cairo gate. And then we heard booze from Jordan Cairo, and then we heard a, an apology and a, basically a clarification at the end of that game. And so that's that's what it was. So it's unfortunate, but uh, it it is the way it is. And it, and it did hit me. I just got a text from my buddy. I, I, whenever I talk to you guys, for the record, people are listening. My good buddy Matt, he helped my daughter with Bible. Romper. There it's you go. Thank you. It is a romper. That, there we you, go. It, it's called a romper. That's what. Like, what, what does she wear? She's like, oh, honey, it's a romper. All the boys are doing it. Like, I have not seen one boy with high white socks and these boat shoes. I haven't seen one. I haven't seen one. It must be a southern thing. I'm glad we got to the bottom of it. But I just want to go back to what you were talking about with Jordan Cairo because obviously that was specifically the big talk yesterday. And then we've gone over the comments last night. As a former player, you've dealt with media a lot. And now being on the media side of things, how did you think that Jordan Cairo handled those first initial comments? You know, I think that he handled them. I think, well, let's put it this way. If Jordan can go back in time, would he have said something differently? Without a doubt, yes. Without a doubt, yes. And now I think he sees the the consequences of what was said. You know, when you're a player and you answer questions, you you may feel a certain way uh, and you may say a certain thing. But just because you say something – 
doesn't mean it's going to be an interpreted in the same way, if that makes any sense at all. And I think that, you know, you look at the players like Braden Shen and Jordan Bennington, you know, they've been around the league a lot longer. They recognize on these questions, you stick with the wheeze. You stick about talking about the blue note. You stick about talking about the positives. I talked to Jordan Bennington the other day, and all he said was it was a great run, and he was ready to move on. I mean, that, that's the kind of language that I think as you get more and more familiar with the media and answering questions, you, you do. You know, you go back to the question, you go back to the answer. I talked to Jeremy Rutherford right before the game who wrote the article and, and had the quote. I listened to the few questions leading up to the question because I think there's important, it's important to have some context behind it as well. And, you know, he was kind of being asked the same question in a different way a few, a few different times. And, and they were all good questions, don't get me wrong. And I think Jeremy Rutherford did his job as a journalist to, to do exactly what he was supposed to do to ask those questions. I felt as if Jordan Bennington, or excuse me, Jordan Cairo was a little bit rushed. He felt like, you know, it's a morning skate, keep, keep in mind. He's always on the move. He's not used to talking about the media. He doesn't want to be in front of a camera. And I think that he was looking to almost just like bypass the question just to get out of it. Like he just wanted to move on. That's how I interpreted it. I don't think there was any malice behind what he said, but he did say it. So there is that, there is both sides of that. So I think that last night, of course, he comes out. I think the emotions were real. I think he felt it. I think, you know, hearing booze, hearing booze in a visiting arena, that's one thing. But when you hear booze from your hometown after, you know, you were leading goal scorer last year, that, that's a whole different beast, guys. And I think that, you know, it was such a short time between when it was revealed what he said and then the game just happened right away. There wasn't any, any time for him to kind of get into the context and maybe explain himself. But I think he did good by himself last night. And he did good by the Blues, and he certainly did good by Craig Berube. I think there's such a great respect between these both two, and maybe just something to get lost in the translation a little bit. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think it's a learning lesson for everybody, and hopefully everyone should just move on. And I think we should. You know, come Saturday night, I encourage all Blues fans who are there, drop the booze. This is a, a Jordan Kyer athlete who does put his heart and soul out. I think he cares a whole ton. He's a kid who's growing, uh, and he still is a kid. I mean, it takes a long time to mature, become the hockey player you want to be in the National Hockey League. And I know right now he just needs support. And I think as Blues fans, we've done it with the Tarasinkos who asked for trades and ended up coming back. We've done it for a lot of different people. So I think it's, it's, our, it's our duty to certainly um, give him that encouragement on Saturday night. Joey, when you were uh, looking at that game last night, was there anything noticeably different from what you've seen? I mean, they played a pretty good game yesterday. I think the power play, Kerry, was it, st- it stood out to me uh, right away. Uh, one was the breakout. We saw Tory Crew on a breakaway. We've never seen a breakout like this before. It was a drop pass where Tory Crew is coming out of his own zone. It's a five on four. They have the power play. He makes the drop pass to Robert Thomas, and as soon as that passer who makes that drop pass, he kind of just flares off to the side, and he kind of just gets lost and allows the puck carrier to now do the work. But last night, he makes that drop, he gets lost to the outside, and then all of a sudden, boom, he just takes off to the middle of the ice. And I think the defenseman for Ottawa certainly did not see that coming at all. And it a breakaway, which caught everyone apart. And he got a breakaway. Unfortunately, that puck comes up on end. He doesn't convert on the power play. But still, a really good look. End zone. I saw Robert Thomas take a one-timer. Remember more than two or three times this whole season, Robert Thomas has taken a one-timer on the power play, which is, which is crazy to think because he's such a shooter. And right now he's your leading point guy. But I think that he's been such a, a passer. There has been a pass-first mentality this whole season with the St. Louis Blues. But something certainly has clicked where some of these younger players now are 
having the freedom to shoot more pucks. We saw more one-timers. I think as you establish more of a one-timer, other things are going to open up. And, and that's, that's right off the bat, Carrie, to answer your question. That's one thing that really stood out. Hey, Joey, before the season started, Doug Armstrong said that he hoped that this team would be a middle-of-the-pack team, maybe the, the upper part of the, the middle tier, the 10 through or yeah, 10 through 15, 11 through 16 in the league. From a talent standpoint, is that who they still are? I think so. I do. I, I looked at that team last night. You have some really great pieces. I mean, you got some really good hockey players out there. And if they're going to be committed to play in a hard style – like they did last night. You can't do it for you can't do it for ten out of ten games, guys. But if you can figure out a way to get it for seven out of ten, eight out of ten, and if you do it in crucial stretches like in December and January and put yourself in a good spot around that trade deadline, I think this team it can certainly make the postseason. I mean, without a doubt. I mean, they're right there as it is. You know, you look at correcting the power play. You look at just if, if you just stay status quo for everything you've done this year and just improve one area, which is the power play. You'd have four or five more wins at this point. You're maybe third or fourth in the Central. You're in a playoff spot, and it's a whole different story. Maybe you don't even lose your coach, right? So that's how just one aspect can change. So I look at this team. They have the talent. They have the depth. And certainly, guys, they have the most important thing, which is goaltending. I mean, Jordan Bennington, to me, if you have a one-game, game seven, it's going to be Vasilevsky and then Jordan Bennington. Anyone else who says any other goalie are absolutely nuts. This kid is so competitive. He's always on top of it. And he understands the game, and he is going to be there all the time. So you got great goaltending as well. This is a team that is just going to try to get in. And like Doug Armstrong said the other day, you get in, you just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, if if the Blues don't lose Bennington to an injury a couple of years ago in that Colorado series, you know maybe maybe the Blues win that series. Who knows? I mean, remember leading up into leading up into the Stanley Cup final, we were the only Western Conference team that had beat Colorado in a playoff game up to that point. They swept the other two series. So the Blues were right there, and it's one injury. Now you get in, you sneak in, maybe you slide in that seventh, eighth spot. Maybe you play the L.A. Kings in the first round of the Dallas Stars. What's to say that Ottinger doesn't get hurt? What's to say that, you know, maybe Jason Robinson gets hurt? You know, you never know how injury is going to pan out, and it's anyone's game at that point. So that's the goal. That's what this team is searching for, and I do believe realistically it can happen. Joey V, always good to hear your voice. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend, and we'll be tuned in tomorrow night for the Blues and the Stars. Sounds good. I'm going to take a picture of my uh, my family before Christmas in the rompers. I'm going to send it to you guys. <laughs> All right. Love in it. See you later. <laughs> That's Joey V on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we've got the fight, and that means we need a fighter. Text in to the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. The fight is coming your way next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight! In the red corner, average Joe Listener! And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of Morning Drive! Please welcome Randy Carricker! Welcome back to the Opening Drive. Jerry Davis joined by Bruce Brimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Ed. Ed, how you doing? I'm doing great. Are you ready to take on Randy Carricker? Uh, yes, I am. All right, here we go. Happy birthday. Okay. Happy birthday to former Cardinal and World Series champion Aaron Miles. Miles played for the Cardinals in two different stints, in 06 to 08, and then again in 2010. Which NL Central team did he suit up for in 2009? Is it the Brewers? 
the Reds or the Cubs? Uh, I'm going with the Cubs. Final answer. The Angels are currently tied for the longest active postseason drought in Major League Baseball at nine seasons with which other AL team? Is it the A's, the Orioles, or the Tigers? A's, Orioles, or Tigers? Let's go with the A's. Only two players in NBA history have scored 30 field goals from the floor in a single game. Wilt obviously has three of those games, but who has the fourth? Is it Elgin Baylor, Rick Barry, or Kobe Bryant? Can you repeat that again, please? Only two players in NBA history have scored 30 field goals from the floor in a single game. Wilt has three. Who has the fourth? Elgin Baylor, Uh, Rick Barry, or Kobe Bryant? uh, Let's go with Kobe. Final question. Which team knocked out the Blues out of the playoffs in their most recent appearance? Was it the Wild, the Canucks, or the Avalanche? Uh, the Avalanche. All right, we'll double check our score and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Ed, how you feeling? Oh, uh, well, not real good. Okay. Well, yeah. Was there a particular sport that you are more uh, fond of that you were hoping for? Uh, no, I... I just like all sports. Baseball is probably my favorite. Uh, I do have a response for uh, Brooke and her tire do, story. Do I worked okay. 30 years at a tire plant, and I'll tell you what, the worst smell in the world is the smell of a tire. Let me <laughs> oh. tell you that. Well, yeah, I get it. If you're, if you're smelling it every single day. But, Ed, I'm telling you, there's I feel seen and heard today because there are so many people who have come forward and said they also enjoy the smell. So, But I do get it. If you're around it all the time. You got more Tim Greepers than oh, we yeah. <laughs> I come home, I wash it. I smell tire on you. I said, well, I'm sorry. I can't get it off of me. <laughs> Randy is in here. Say hello to Ed. Ed, good morning. How you doing? I'm doing good, Randy. How about you? Doing well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We do appreciate it. All right. Here we go, Randy. Yes, sir. Happy birthday to former Cardinal and World Series champ Aaron Aaron Miles. Miles had two different stints with the Cardinals in 06 to 08, and then again in 2010. Which NL Central team did he suit up for in 2009? Aaron Miles was uh, now diminutive. As, uh, how, as how tall was he? How, how tall was he? He's like five seven. Okay, so that is actually yeah. diminutive, uh, not six seven. The, the late great Chris Duncan player. called him his little buddy. <laughs> his little buddy. I, I believe uh, after here, uh, he went to the Cubs, and then I think he might have come back here and then went to the Doyers to end his career. Before that, he played for the Rockies and was held at gunpoint. What? Yeah, he was held at gunpoint. Yeah, robbed? Yeah. Hmm. That's that scary, scary news for, yeah. for Aaron. Be careful. Cubs, final answer. You're done. The Angels are currently tied for the longest active postseason drought in Major League Baseball at nine seasons with which other AL team? 2014. Um, it's not the A's. It's not the Astros. It's clearly not the Rangers. Um, Yankees were in it in 17. Yankees, Red Sox, Orioles were in it this year. Uh, Rays and Jays have been there since. So we're talking uh, the Royals played in the World Series in 2015 and won it. Um, We might be talking Tigers here. That year they had Price and the gang. Um, White Sox have been in more recently. Twins have been in more recently. 
Guardians have been in more recently. I'm going to go with the Detroit Tigers here. Only two players in NBA history have scored 30 field goals from the floor in a single game. Wilt has three of those games. Hmm. Who has the fourth? 30 field goals in a single game, huh? Mm-hmm. I'll do the lifeline here. I'm gonna, I, I, I have a thought, but I'm going to do the lifeline anyway. Elgin Baylor, Rick Barry, Kobe Bryant. Oh, man, when Kobe had those 81, he might have had 30. Um, the logic would dictate that the big guy did it. Rick Barry could hit shots. But I'm going to go with Kobe. Final question. Which team knocked out the Blues out of the out of the playoffs in their most recent appearance? The Blues' most recent appearance was a couple of years ago when they lost to the Colorado Avalanche, I believe, because of that jerk Nazem Kadri. What From, did he do, Randy? Uh, he just uh, ran Biddington and messed he up his, his knee. knee. Jerk. Darn it. Yeah, so uh, Colorado Avalanche, Brooke. That's why you gotta have goons on your team. <laughs> yeah, you need that. Not just enforcers. Yeah, we won't call them goons. We'll call no, them enforcers. Why can't we call them goons? They yeah. can, but they don't. It's kind of like uh, judgmental. <laughs> it's, a, it's something that we could have done 20 years ago, but now it makes them feel bad. We got certain terms we can yeah. use. Uh-oh. Yeah. All right. Enforcers. This is a close one. Now, I, I didn't, now, Carrie, I didn't have to quite pull out the calculator. I'm glad. But it was, <laughs> woo, by the skin of their teeth on this one, was it Randy Carricker walking away with an undefeated week in the fight? Or does Ed come in on a Friday and spoil everybody's fun? Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. I'm sorry, Ed. Randy Carricker got three right today. He beat you three to two. Oh, oh, well, it was close. There you go. That's that's all you can ask for. Getting close is pretty impressive. Happy birthday to former Cardinal and World Series champion Aaron Miles. He played two different stints in St. Louis, 06 through 08. Then he spent 2009 with the Chicago Cubs before coming back here to St. Louis. The Angels are currently tied with the active, the longest active postseason drought in MLB at nine seasons with the Detroit Tigers. They were both in the 2014 ALDS, the last time they appeared in the playoffs. And every member of that Detroit rotation wound up winning a World Series. <laughs> Scherzer, Verlander, Price, Sanchez, Porcello all wound up winning World Series. Sanchez and Porcello win with... Uh, Washington. Wa- well, well they no, both Boston did. with uh, Porcello in 18. That's what it was. Thank you. Okay, I couldn't remember, I couldn't remember Sanchez or, um, or Porcello's win. Uh, only two players in NBA history have scored 30 times from the floor in a single game. Wilt has three of the four games, but it was on March 26th, 1974, when Rick Barry went against mm. the Trailblazers. He went 30 of 45 from the field. He only went four of five from the charity stripe for wow. a 64-point game despite making 30 field goals. By the way, Kobe Bryant went 28 of 46 and 18 of 20 from the charity Stripe when he scored his 81 points and which team knocked the Blues out of the playoffs in their most recent appearance. They've actually done two of their last three knockouts have been at the hands of the Colorado Avalanche, including their most recent throw. A 3-2 win for Randy Carricker in the fight over Ed today. Ed, thank you so much for joining the fight and joining the show. Uh, thank you. I will be in St. Louis Friday to watch my line I kick Missouri's butt. <laughs> Alright, there you go. Yeah. Thanks, Ed. I am, am. 
Safe travels. Thank you very much for joining us. That is the fight on 101 ESPN. Coming up with Juan Soto joining Aaron Judge in the Yankees and with Shohei Otani joining Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman in L.A., which baseball team has the best one-two punch of hitters? That's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It would not be unreasonable to suggest that Juan Soto is the best hitter in baseball. He is continually among the highest OPS players. He hits for power. He makes contact. He walks more than anybody else in the sport. And he joins Aaron Judge in New York now to form one of the best one-two threats in baseball. But with Shohei Otani joining the Dodgers, now you have either Betts and Otani or Betts and Freeman or Otani and Freeman. One of those combinations could be the best. In Atlanta, you have three hitters as well that could perform a great uh, one-two punch with Ronald Acuna, Austin Riley, and Matt Olson. Here in St. Louis, you have Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. You have Trey Turner and Bryce Harper in Philly. You've got Fernando Tatis Jr. and Manny Machado in San Diego. I'm giving you guys the chance to start a team with one one-two punch from an existing team. Who is the one? Who's the best that you think exists right now? As of right now, we're talking about going into 2024 yes. with what we know. Mm-hmm. It has to be Shohei Otani and Mookie Betts, in my opinion. And, of course, you have to have Freddie Freeman in that conversation because you could even say Freeman and Otani. I mean, the fact that they have added this with Shohei Otani, that is that puts them at the top of the list of the one-two punch, one-two-three punch. I mean, everything at you at once. That is a ex- very exciting group that they have right now. So I have to go with Shohei and Mookie Betts. I'm I'm with you as well. I, I just the fact that you had Freddie Freeman and, and Mookie Betts there together, and and now they add that those guys were were two and three in the MVP voting, mm-hmm. Betts and and mm-hmm. and um and Freeman, okay. and then you add the actual MVP into that lineup. So pick any one of those three. I, I, it wouldn't matter. That that is going to be. And then when Shohei is able to pitch, obviously you know what he adds. Uh, that element adds to that to that team. It's just they are they are purchasing some 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 pieces that are going to allow them to have a lot of success now on paper. Now will it mm-hmm. translate to games? We'll see. But any two of those three, I think you would be would be okay selecting that group. You can't go wrong with that group because Otani led Major League Baseball in OPS at one point oh six six, and Betts was at nine eighty seven. I'm actually going to Atlanta though. I'm going to go with Acuna who had a 1.012 OPS. He hit 41 homers, drove in 106. And, oh, by the way, because this is part of it, he is an offensive player. He stole 73 bases. And his teammate, Matt Olson, hit 54 home runs and drove in 139 with a 993 OPS. I feel like, by a very slim margin, I'm going to go with Acuna and Olson over Betts and Otani. It's a very slim margin, though, because yeah. then also a part of that slim margin, I think you could also talk about Soto and Judge. I mean, there's mm-hmm. another part of that conversation. But with Acuna Jr. and Matt Olson, I mean, Acuna Jr., he just joined the 4070 club. 
right? Like yeah. he is the first player Ever. to do that. So it's very incredible to watch to see what he's doing. And Olsen just has some raw power. But Aaron Judge and Soto also, I think, deserve to be a part of this conversation. It is very slim margins for all of these guys. Uh, it's going to be power and, and hits oh. and a lot of offense. And obviously that's what Major League Baseball wants, right? They want offense into the game. They want stolen bases. They want to they ban the shift to allow mm-hmm. more hits to happen and, and things like that. So I think it's going to be a really great, great season for baseball. I mean, with all of these pitch, all these hitters, it's going to boil down to pitching. It's going to boil down to who has the elite pitching that can couple with this these power lineups that they're going to be facing. And, and it am- comes down to health, too, because right. yeah. with Aaron Judge, I know that he dealt with injury last season, and there was also some things leading up to that. That's a part of the conversation, right, is will he be fully healthy this season? And if we were performing this exercise one year ago today, it would have been Goldschmidt and Arenado. Yeah. No yep. doubt about it. <laughs> Yeah. So it it changes dramatically. And I mentioned Trey Turner and uh, Bryce Harper, but you could throw Schwarber in there because of his incredible power hitting 47 home runs. There is a lot of great offense right now in Major League Baseball. We didn't mention Tatis and, and Machado. We Have we kind of moved away from, from them because of what Tatis had to deal with? I, and, I, 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 <laughs> they're, they're in that group. I, I have them in that group. And I are know. they the youngest of, of everyone on this list? Tatis would well. Tatis and Acuna are probably pretty close. Yeah, I think Tatis is twenty-two. Acuna maybe twenty-four. But Machado's thirty-one, thirty-two. Now. I got you. Yeah. Uh, but you look at WAR, and Betts was the number one WAR player in baseball last year. Acuna was second. See, and we didn't even consider Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager from yeah. the World Champions. Mm. Uh, and there's there was another pair that I was thinking about. But if you look around baseball, man, there's a lot of good hitting and a lot of good one-two punches running around in Major League Baseball. So we're we're watching baseball at a really great time. And obviously, baseball isn't hurting. The fact that baseball can give somebody a $700 million contract tells you that it's not hurting. No. And so where does Nolan Arnato and Paul Goldschmidt fit on this list now that we've just listed all of these stars, mm-hmm. these one-two punches? Where are they on, on this list? Okay. So let's just do a quick exercise. Mm-hmm. Arenado and Goldie or Judge and Soto? I'm taking Judge and Soto. I'm taking Soto. Judge and Soto, yes. Our guys or Betts and Otani? Betts and Otani. Our guys and Betts and Freeman? I'm going to have to take Freeman. Betts and Freeman. Our guys and Otani or Freeman? And Freeman. You take, I'm going to take Otani. Like you take every combo with the Dodgers, right? Our guys and Acuna and Austin Riley. Acuna and, Acuna and Austin. Our guys and Acuna and Olsen. Our guys and Riley and Olsen. Riley and Olsen, right? Riley and Olsen. Our guys and Turner and Harper. Turner and Harper. Our guys and Schwarber and Harper. I might take I might take our guys over because Schwarber is gonna swing and miss a lot. Okay. That's he's gonna hit it out out the ballpark. Yep. Okay. Uh, our guys and uh, Tatis and Machado. (laughs) I might have to do Tatis and Machado. Our guys and we were just talking about it, Seeger and Simeon. Mm. See, our guys are they, they, our guys are really, really good. Yeah. I mean, really yeah, they good. are really, really good. But they might be out of they, they might be number ten as, we, as a one-two punch. Um, do you put uh, Altuve and Alvarez on that list as well? I think they, you have to. Yeah, yeah. See, they they are, Altuve and he's not going to hit fall off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but, but still, a, a one-two punch that you don't want anything to do with. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt about it. So. It goes to show, as great as our guys are, and our guys yes. are great, and, I mean, we can't include the Tyler O'Neill 
and uh, Arenado. He's, he's not down here. No, we can't include that anymore. But uh, <laughs> he's going to be an MVP candidate. Though. Yeah, he How is. How about that? Yeah, he's going to be healthiest he's ever yeah. been. Yeah, right. 145 games played. But it, it's it's pretty amazing. It, it's going to be pretty fun to watch baseball. You better have pitching. You better have pitching because of all the one-two punches that are running around baseball. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, it's our Rush Hour Reset. The Blues did win last night. Uh, first Vic, no, oh, oh, Bobby Tommy. Yeah, Robert Thomas. Bobby Tommy switched to a nine. So uh, he's coming up with us next as the Blues did win last night. And Robert Thomas, the Blues center, joins us next here on the opening drive. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Thomas scores! Getting you inside the Blues locker room. What a goal by Robert Thomas! It's time now for Blues forward Robert Thomas on the Opening Drive. Driven by Pure Performance, the only stop for all your aftermarket vehicle needs. Move it ahead, deflected, what a play to Thomas. Brinkley shoots, he scores! Robert Thomas! With a power move up the ice, and the Blues have taken a 1 0 lead. Blues deflect the puck to the front. Thomas right there, he scores! Another assist to Justin Falk. Robert Thomas, the key last night as the Blues snapped a four-game losing streak with a victory over the Ottawa Senators. The final score is 4-2, to two, as heard here on 101 ESPN. And Robert Thomas joins us now on the Celebrity Line here on 101 ESPN. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Doing well, guys. Thanks. What's this week been like for you? Yeah, uh, it's been it's been a, an emotional week. Um, obviously, a lot going on um, with players and obviously Chief and um yeah it's been a tough week um you know we've been struggling lately but um you know it was really nice to to get a win last night uh, i did a lot for everyone in the room um and you know it was definitely definitely a really good feeling hey robert when i got the news and i, I didn't get it until i guess wednesday morning i was stunned what was your reaction when you found out that craig Bruby had been relieved of his duties yeah um you know same thing a little surprised um but you know what? At the end of the day, it's a it's a business, and we're in the winning business. And um, you know, we've been struggling, and um, you know, just initial reaction was was a little stunned. But um, you got to keep on pushing forward. Well, Robert, as you know, we're just talking about there. It's been a very emotional week for you guys, and it was a very emotional post game comments from Jordan Cairo. I know that you're very close with Jordan, and you guys have even played together even before your time with the Blues. What was it like seeing him deal with all of that backlash yesterday? Yeah, um, I mean, to be honest, it sucked. Um, you know, I've known Jordan for a while. I know, you know, how well he means. I know. You know how much he loves St. Louis, how much he loves playing here, and and how much he wants to win. Um, I think that's something. You know what people see. People see what people want them to see. If that makes any sense in in regards to kind of media and and all that stuff. And you know behind the scenes, I can tell you how much he wants to win and how much he wants um, to help his teammates and and all that stuff. Um, you know I feel bad for Jr. too. I know he takes it to heart. Um, I think just it was a little bit out of context and, um, you know, JR is, you know, one of the best reporters and someone everyone respects in the room. And I know both of them kind of just feel bad for, for how the situation went down. And I was happy Jordan got to kind of clarify what he, what he really meant and, um, you know, show his emotions and, and, you know, how much, how much he loves being in St. Louis. So um, I hope we can all just kind of move forward from it. 
Robert, uh, one game under your belt and, and only a couple of practices, but can you tell us any differences that you've seen in Drew Bannister uh, since he's been there? Yeah, um, you know, he, he's a very attentive guy, um, very smart guy. Um, you know, he's, he, he's really focused on the details and, um, you know, we haven't really got a chance to practice much with them, you know, morning skates, just kind of a, get a feel for a puck and uh, that kind of thing. So, um, but he, he's really emphasized practice and, and practice habits. And um, so we got, we got to skate at 11 here. So I could probably have a better answer for you after that. <laughs> when you all got the news as, as collectively as a group, I, I'm sure there was a little bit of, you know, sadness, frustration. What was the overall theme amongst you all as players when you, when you started conversing with each other? Yeah, um, I mean, it's on us as players. It's on us as leaders. Um, you know what? When, when things don't don't go well, moves are moves are going to happen. And um, you know, usually it starts with the you know a player, a coach, and and then kind of it goes from there. So um, yeah, I think it was a you know big wake up call, and uh, I'm so glad with with the way we responded as a team last night. Uh, it was a huge win and. Um, you know, hopefully we can build some some good momentum off of it. One last question for me: you you almost had a hat trick there. Were, were you were you going for you you were trying to get that puck into that open net, right? Yeah, well, um, my good buddy Brady was not letting me do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I talked to him after the game, and uh, he he said there was no chance he was letting that happen. While he was on the ice, so I guess uh, I guess that's what good friends are for, right? <laughs> what did you think of Brady and Tucker's little tussle last night? Yeah, I mean it was a, one of the better fights I've seen in a while. Um, you know. Brady was obviously trying to fire up his guys and Tuxy always answers the bell. He's not scared of it. And, um, you know, it's something that we love with Tuxy. He sticks up for his guys. He, he's not afraid of it. And, um, I think, you know, as much as Brady was trying to fire up his team, I think it fired up our team even more. And, um, I know they scored quickly thereafter, but, um, you know, we, we really rallied around Tuxy and, uh, it was great for him to step up and, uh, I think it really pushed our group to to really close that game out. Hey, Robert, one of the things we always hear in any sport when a new coach comes in is that it's a a fresh start. And we've we've kind of touched on this, but I, I want to ask you: Does this feel like kind of a fresh start for your group? And if so, how? Yeah, I think uh, you know whether it's a breath of fresh air or kind of a clean slate. I think stuff like that. Uh, it can always play a factor. Um, obviously, he's a guy that um, knows a lot of a lot of guys being down in San Antonio and Springfield, and um, you know he's responsible for a lot of guys coming up and having success. So, um, you know, there's some of us that haven't got to haven't got to play for him. Um, some of us that have had his number in junior, um, beat him a couple times. So, uh, but. You know, he's he's a great coach, and I'm excited to get to know him better and, and get to work with him. Well, it's a, it's an interesting time for you guys, and especially at this time of year. Good to get that win, like you said, last night. Hopefully you can keep it going tomorrow night against the Dallas Stars. And you, you kind of missed an opportunity because uh, you, you beat Ottawa, but you were playing what we would perceive as kind of a, a soft schedule. Army referred to that uh, in his press conference the other day. Now the schedule gets tough again, and you have to play to the level of, of really good teams, don't you? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it starts with Dallas. Um 
you know, we've we've been going back and forth with them for a while. Um, they're always tough games, and obviously they mean a lot in the standings. So um, it'll be a great test for us. And uh, I know everyone in that room's uh, excited for the challenge and excited to get back out there and, and play like we did last night. Have a good practice day, good game tomorrow, and uh, we'll talk to you next week before Christmas, okay? Yep, thanks. Appreciate you guys. Thank you, Robert. Robert Thomas joining us here on 101 ESPN. Yeah, I thought that that was a very great response of what he talked about. One, with Jeremy Rutherford, because I think that there is some people who are frustrated with Jeremy Rutherford if things were out of context or not. But it sounds like, based off of Robert's comments, that things are very much settled. Because JR is a fantastic reporter. And for Jordan Cairo, this is a huge lesson. It sounds like everything has been worked out and settled. So that's all that matters, right? It is. Yeah. yeah, and I think as long well, as he plays hard and wins, the, the exactly. onus is on the the person that made the comment, not yeah. the person that reported right. it. All I can do is report the news. That, you said it, and I reported it. Um, and again, I think you know Jordan Cairo may have not meant it. Maybe he didn't mean it in those terms. Like you said, maybe he was just trying to get move on and move in a different direction and shift the conversation to a different direction. But it came off as a, a negative tone and a negative thought process towards Berube. And so I'm glad that he got a chance to clear it up last night as well after the game so yeah. there, there are you know everybody gets to an understanding gets to a place where you can just move on play hockey play your best hockey and, and again if Jordan Cairo does not want to be booed play well yeah. play hard, play hard. I, again, it doesn't matter about mm-hmm. scoring or, or making great assists or or just play hard and, and if you do that consistently the fans will love you for it can I also say I was surprised that Tucker's name was Tuxy Tuxy yeah. I wasn't expecting Tuxie. that I don't know why but yeah, you I, think Tuck right yeah so. Tuxy yeah. Tuxy like a tuxedo? Okay. Yeah. Maybe. So do you have, uh, does Stevie Nicks have nicknames? Stevie. That's it, Stevie? Bobibi. Okay. Stevie Bobibi. Bo- Banana fan of Yep, how about? <laughs> Pote? No, he's just Pote. Pote, that's Nothing? it? Nothing? So. You don't uh, call, you don't call him potato every once in a while? No. The original no? party okay. animal? Uh, I had a, uh, yours is what? I said uh, for, for Stevie Nicks, the original party animal. Oh, the original party animal. Yeah. yeah. Not Slums McKenzie, it's so, Stevie Nicks. Uh, I had a late great golden retriever by the name of Tucker who had like 10 nicknames. There was a running back for the Giants back in the day named Tucker Fredrickson. That was one of his nicknames. Tuckaluck a ding dong. T Sizzle was one of his nicknames. Yeah, T Bone was one of his nicknames. Oh yes, yeah. He That's had, when you know that it's, it's so fun. What? Tuck a luck a ding dong. <laughs> I loved uh, that. You know what? Randy Randy is is digging at really one of the fun things. Is just there are certain dog owners out there who have nine thousand names for their dog. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and then there's other things where it's nothing related to their name. But a new one. I just thought about this. We've been calling Stevie is <laughs> is uh, hungry hippo. So when it's dinner <laughs> when it's dinner time, we'll say, "Are you a hungry hippo? Hungry, hungry hippo?" <laughs> and then she'll just go crazy. And it's the best. That's so much fun. Coming up here on 101 ESPN, we mentioned with Robert Thomas that we were all stunned when Craig Berube got the axe the other day. There's one coach in pro sports who will not surprise us when he gets fired today. That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Recapping the biggest sports stories of the day on the opening drive with a rush hour reset. (laughs) 
917 Time Check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. The Blues come away with a 4-2 victory over the Ottawa Senators last night, snapping a four-game losing streak. First victory for Drew Bannister, the new Blues head coach, and a couple of goals for our guy Robert Thomas. He was the difference in the game as the Blues win it by a score of 4-2 over Ottawa, and the Blues will take on the Dallas Stars tomorrow night. 6 o'clock pregame, 7 o'clock faceoff here on 101 ESPN. That was a great response from Bobby Tommy and the team last night because anytime that you have a coach firing, the expectation is, okay, well, you have a firing, so you should have that new coach buzz, right? It's almost like that post-breakup glow. And so they did respond well last night. Robert Thomas, obviously with a great game. And then Jordan Cairo with his comments last night. It was very emotional, but he got the chance to clarify, which he didn't have to do. He didn't have to do, and I'm glad that he did, though. Yeah, I mean, a, a good game. Um great job going out there despite all of the things that are going on around you and, and just being professionals, learning mm-hmm. from the the mistakes that you've made and hopefully going forward they continue to play with great effort, great energy and, and do the small detailed things that I think have cost them mm-hmm. in games previously this year. So I thought everything was good. I thought I thought Robert Thomas did a great job on with us earlier, just yeah. kind of breaking down exactly what has taken place and, and talking about his good friend Kyrou and, and just making sure that everyone is on the same page. And I think that's what leaders do, uh, and that's what, what maybe future captains do for your team. So I thought that was really well, really well done. Last night in Las Vegas, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, who had been shut out by the Vikings on Sunday, scored 21 points in the first quarter. Then they scored 21 points in the second quarter, and they were ahead of the L.A. Chargers, 42 nothing at halftime. The game was on Prime Video, and Richard Sherman was on the Prime Video set at halftime. They packed their bags, they packed all their suitcases, they booked their vacations, and they're ready to go. Brandon Staley, I hate, I hate to say this because you don't ever want to call for somebody's job. But they should fire him for they should make history. They should fire him at halftime. They should just, hey, we got an Uber X carpool outside and we'll we'll send you on your way. Because right now I've never seen a team come out this uninspired and to start. Be going. careful. 63-21 was the final, and they didn't fire him at halftime, but, man, they should today. The carpool? You can't even get a, a car by yourself. The Uber carpool? You got to ride with yeah. multiple people yeah. to the airport? Uh-huh. Like you just, get him out of here. Just man. awkwardly yeah. quiet. Quiet. Where are you going? Where are you coming from? I was at the was at the Raiders game. Oh, yeah? How was it? I just got fired. That's how it was. <laughs> Wait, you're the coach? <laughs> I was. Oh, my That's goodness. That's amazing. Yeah. So, that was bad. And uh, Brandon Staley, despite... Uh, all of the struggles that he has had uh, says that he still believes in himself as the head coach of the of the LA Chargers. He is, he, he still believes in himself. Uh, yeah. What do you think? I think uh, he Matthew, can believe uh, in that. Got, well. Matthew, you want to get Staley number two? So, uh, we'll, we'll get uh, we'll get Staley number two. We'll we'll sh- either one or two. Either one is fun. Uh, because it's sports, and uh, he's still got a contract, so he'll he'll get paid. We don't have to have any benefits for so, Brandon Staley. Delusion there. Yeah, well, and they showed last night on the broadcast the game where all they had to do is wait for a tie, and they would have made the playoffs a couple of oh, years yeah, ago. And then they called timeout, and the Raiders kicked the field goal. That was really bad. That was bad. Here's Staley. Games like this happen in the NFL. To every coach that's ever coached in this league, you can look at any great coach that's ever coached in the league. Sometimes games like this happen. I don't need to retrace history, but it's just it's part of sports. Sometimes there are games where it doesn't go right. None of it. And you got to put it behind you, and you got to move on to the next thing. I don't. I, I would need to know how many games in the NFL have been forty-two to zero at halftime. 
Give me the stats. Jeff Fisher was down 42 nothing at halftime and got fired the next day. Okay. Well, uh, they, they, generally. It hasn't happened to the Chargers because that's a record for points allowed by them, 63 points, by a coach who was hired for his defensive prowess. 42 points in the first half? Yeah, not good. And good. not score To the Raiders. Any? Come on, man. That's to the it. Raiders. And they didn't score a point last week. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Well, how do you know. how do you have a how do you your quarterback go for three touchdowns and just a pick and you still get washed by forty two points? Like I saw Easton Stick's line and I'm like, well, that's that's the best Not you could have hoped from Easton Stick and you got washed by forty two. Your your defense. Um... He's- He's not a good coach at this relevant. point. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying he doesn't know football. I'm not saying he's a bad defensive coach. He's not a good offensive coach for the Chargers at this point, and I think that's very much decided. Yeah. And a couple of cardinal notes for you. Number one theme, tickets on sale now. So if you're holiday shopping, you can get tickets for Star Wars Night, Margaritaville Night, Blues Night, Grateful Dead Night, all available at cardinals.com slash theme. And the Cardinals Winter Warm-Up is also right around the corner on uh, Martin Luther King Day weekend. And you can get tickets now for the Winter Warm-Up if you'd like to participate in that. Just go to cardinals.com. And I believe at the Winter Warm-Up, you'll have the opportunity to meet Again, Lance Lynn, along with Kyle Gibson and Sonny Comes Home. Sonny Gray. Mm -hmm. You'll be first in line, won't you, Randy? Oh, I want that autograph. Yeah. 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 It's going to be at Ballpark Village again. It is, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They do it It was kind of like a maze last year, so... It'll be interesting to see. Not how it amazing. Amazing. From a media, I was still at TV in that point. I just remember having to run around and figure out where every little room uh-huh. each player was in. It was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is happening here? And then they were, and there was some over at Bush Stadium, then you have to go run over there. Uh, yeah. It Not happens. Great. Not yeah. Great. So, uh, and the Cardinals, uh, I'll be interested to see here. Greg thinks that they're done in free agency, but he didn't dismiss the idea of a trade. Now the glass now has been traded. I still think there's a chance that Dylan Cease gets moved. I wonder if the Cardinals are even considering that. The Braves are interested in Dylan Cease and apparently are going to go to lengths to get him. I don't know if the Dodgers are still in on Cease, even though they have glass now. And if they sign Yamamoto, they'd probably be out on Cease. But there will be other teams. Heck, there, there should be 20 teams in on Dylan Cease. And I would hope the Cardinals would be in on the possibility of a trade. They have to be because that's part of doing their due diligence, right? You have to check and see because that would be, if you're able to get Dylan Cease, I think we would all feel great about this starting rotation because that's the last little piece of the mm-hmm. puzzle that it feels like you need for this starting rotation next season where they don't hopefully just you know go and win their division possibly or whatever that goal is. They could actually do more than that. There's more depth there with Dylan Cease right. and more depth moving forward past next season. Right. right, exactly. And if you didn't see it yesterday, Jack Flaherty has signed a one-year deal with the Detroit Tigers, so he will ply his trade in the Motor City next season. Good for him. Yeah, one-year, $14 million. Yay! So not exactly what he expected when he planned on free agency four or five years ago Mm-mm. when that uh, contract was signed by... Garrett Cole, three, six, uh, what, nine and 324. I think that's probably what Jack was thinking he'd get in free agency. So he's probably like $310 million below yeah, that. A, he got another. He got, how old is Jack? He's 29. He's 29, yeah. Is he 30 yet? I don't think he is. He, no. If he is, he's right there. He got yeah. another opportunity to hit payday. Go have a great year. Better get healthy. Nah, Better start helps. throwing hard he again. He is 28. There you go. Yeah, 29 years old. You can sign a four or five year deal yeah. if you Cy Young candidate this year. There's your Rush Hour Reset here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, Cam Newton says some of the top quarterbacks in the league are just game managers. Is he right? That's next on 101 ESPN. 
You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Brock, Parody, Tua Tonga Valoa, Jared Goff, and really, Dak Prescott. Mm. These are game managers. They're, they're not difference makers. And when you say game manager, I'm not asking you to go out and win the game. I'm just asking you not to lose. Not to lose the game. That's, I don't give a damn what you do. You don't have to score every time. You just don't have to throw a pick every time either. If we're going to really call a spade a spade, a game manager is different than a game changer. That's Cam Newton. <laughs> it is. Who played in the NFL and was much more than a game manager. But he believes that quarterbacks, as you heard, the likes of Brock Purdy and Tua and Jared Goff and Dak Prescott are game managers. If game manager is a negative connotation, then I want those game managers running my team. Uh, yeah, I don't think Sign that. Me up. <laughs> exactly. I do think that there's different categories here, right? This is just my own personal thoughts on this, but I feel like the greatest quarterbacks of all time in that very specific and small category are really good game managers, but also game changers. And there's a reason why there's a small category because there's not many that you could put in that the greatest of all time category when it comes to guys like that. But is it necessarily a bad thing to be a game manager? I think if you are in the the names that he mentioned, no, I, Brock Brock Parody or Brock Brock Purdy, <laughs> yeah, who uh, is that? Dak Prescott, Tua Tungavaloa, all those guys are are uh, really good quarterbacks and winning. They're at the top of their their conferences and their divisions and in, in win. So, I think they are really good quarterbacks. I think they have done a really good job. Um, when I think of game manager, I, I think of like Trent Dilfer. I think of um, you know quarterbacks that that. Can can help teams win a championship, but not necessarily. Like we talked, Peyton Manning was a game manager when he was in Denver when they won mm-hmm. that that last championship. Mm-hmm. He couldn't throw the ball; didn't seem like he could throw throw it no more than twenty five, thirty yards. But they were able to win a a championship based on his intelligence, his ability to know which plays to get into or not get into, and they had a great defense. So for me, those are game managers. When I look at Tua, I mean he he's been one of the top MVP candidates throwing it to Tyree. When I look at Dak Prescott, what he's done over the last five to six weeks, and and definitely Brock Purdy, parody, um, I, I think he <laughs> has done an outstanding job as well. So, you know, it, it just depends on what you consider a a game manager. Cam, and, and it's important to remember Cam Newton is an MVP of this league. Like he has done great things in this league. So he, what he says is not. You shouldn't just dis, disregard it, but. I think he may be speaking in different different mindsets. Yeah, and here's the thing that I look at. Yards per attempt, to me, is something that denotes big plays, right? Brock Purdy leads the NFL at 9.9 yards per attempt. Tua is second at 8.5 yards per attempt. Then you have Stroud and then Dak at 7.8 yards per attempt. Goff at 7.4 yards per attempt. Uh, Josh Allen's at 7.3. You look at the top 10 and you don't even have... Patrick Mahomes in there. And I don't think anybody would think that Patrick Mahomes is uh, a game manager. So if those guys are making plays that big on a consistent basis, if that's what it takes, if that's what it takes to be a game manager, that's a pretty good thing. 
Yeah, I know. That's why I'm saying I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Maybe even in that game manager category, it's been the year of the backup quarterback, right? Some of the backup <laughs> quarterbacks that have come in, mm-hmm. those could be considered in that game manager category, but it's not necessarily a, a bad thing. That's why I said that I think that there's game changers who are also game managers, and they're in a whole different category, and that's your franchise yeah. quarterback. Those are the that's the Josh Allen's, that's the Patrick Mahomes that you're seeing currently. Let me give you a current game manager right now, Russell Wilson. Yeah, he's not throwing any picks. He's not taking any chances. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. I was gonna say it was Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has been considered a game manager, Mm -hmm. even though I think he he does a a, an outstanding job as a quarterback. Um, Is Jared Goff a game manager? I don't think he is because I I think they uh, to me I look at a game manager whose throws generally are less than ten yards. He throws the ball downfield a lot. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't know that there are any. People on this list that, that oh okay I just told a tale that uh, Mr. Carr in in uh, New Orleans. Now there's a game, manager. A game manager and he should be yeah. right. That's a guy. To oh, me, Derek. when you have a game manager, you tell him don't throw the football to the other team. Yes, <laughs> right. That's because you can't trust him. I, I, I think all the other guys that we talked about, you, you can to a level trust them. But a game manager is somebody where you don't want to put him in a position where if you, you throw in a twenty yards downfield, you don't have the football anymore. As a as a coach, when you're when you're coaching a quarterback, that you have to have you, you are the game manager. You are the one mm-hmm. that is calling the plays and saying, "Hey, I want to I want to do this, but mm-hmm. I don't really trust him to do that." So we're gonna make easy throws. Try to stay out of second and third and longs and, and make sure we, we run the ball on first down, get five to six yards. So now we're we're not facing yeah. those those tough down and distances. I've got a game manager for you, Jimmy G. Oh. He had, yeah, he has been. Yeah. 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 That's a guy that when he wins, he's he's got to be a guy that doesn't lose you the football. Yeah. What, what about Kenny Pickett? He, he's not. A, he, he Listen, we don't have to talk about the Pittsburgh okay. Steelers. Another guy, <laughs> yeah. Another guy is Geno Smith. Geno Smith, at, when he's successful, is a game manager. I think Geno, well, yeah. Again, game managers, uh, in my opinion, are not the elite quarterbacks. And, yeah. and again, yeah. those names that he named, they may not be elite in terms of like the the Joe Burrows or the Patrick Mahomes or or even the Josh Allens, but they are in that that second tier of quarterbacks and and not you trust them enough to make to throw the ball downfield and make you know uh, crucial and critical decisions on third and long and third third and and, and medium type game situations. It also, what they do in the postseason, championships one, is that something that you consider that makes it more of that game changer category or being an elite quarterback, as you're saying. Yeah, I think you to be an elite quarterback, it's you it's your postseason, right? Yeah, well, it, it's that, and it's those moments. It's the fourth mm-hmm. quarter throws. It's the the third and tw- uh, fourth and twenty, whatever that mm-hmm. that um, that Kirk Cousins had to make last year in in Buffalo to Justin Jefferson. Those are the 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 quarterbacks when you say, okay, well, this guy is is a playmaker. He's going to make things happen, and then extending plays. I think Patrick Mahomes does a great job of what Russell Wilson was really good at in earlier on in his career is extending plays and making sure he's not getting. Sacked. And, and keeping routes alive downfield. So th- those, to me, are are elite quarterbacks and not what you would call game managers. I can't believe I forgot about this. But Ryan Tannehill, I kind of consider oh, yeah. him a game uh-huh. manager. He's not even playing anymore. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's for sure. Him he's, he ain't he's, there. he's forgettable. That's even the Titans. Him. <laughs> you don't remember oh, well, the Titans? Remember yeah, the Titans. I do remember those Titans. Let me <laughs> change it. I love, the, I love the Dolphins did that dance yeah. and then lost, okay? That's, I, that was a great moment for me. Yeah. 
you just brought something up, Kerry. The game manager is kind of a robot and has to have the, the coach in his ear. So if we were going to pick a guy where the game manager broke his leg and had to go to the hospital and there's no or the, the the offensive coordinator whoever the play caller is and the quarterback has to call the plays himself mm-hmm. that would be the opposite of the game manager Correct. that's yes. somebody who's running the show yeah. who fits that mold who would who Patrick think, Mahomes yeah Patrick yeah. Mahomes Hands down. he has his instincts so yeah. Patrick Mahomes I, I wouldn't trust Josh Allen I wouldn't trust trust Dak Prescott what about Joe Burrow uh he's Mm, yes, yes and no. I, I think Joe Burrow wouldn't run the ball though. <laughs> yep. He would be Jalen Hurts. I would trust. I would Hurts. trust mm. Jalen Hurts. Yep. Those Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts would be two two quarterbacks that I would say. You know what? If our OC went down, if our play caller had the flu and was mm-hmm. unable to finish the game, those two quarterbacks, I would say, hey, you got it. Call what you want. Do what you about know? Lamar Jackson? <sighs> The thing that, is, Lamar's had to go through a couple of offensive yeah, coordinators. Yeah, I, I don't think Lamar would be on that list for me. Not not yet. Do you know enough about Purdy? No, I don't either. Because I think I think that that, and I can see why Cam says a game because I think Kyle Shanahan is the, mm-hmm. and I mean this in the most respectful way, the puppet master. Like he's yeah, the yeah. one orchestrating all of these. Things. He he has been outstanding in how he attacks defenses. So I, I would put that more in Kyle Shanahan's lap than I would say Brock Purdy. Well, and all the talent around him, too. Because that that's been the big conversation is, would a different quarterback be able to do the exact same thing because of all the talent surrounding him? But the thing is, and it's a great argument, but every single Hall of Fame quarterback had great of course. talent around him. You yeah. know? <laughs> it helps. <laughs> it makes, Gotta need makes that. A difference. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you can join the holiday spirit by helping 101 ESPN support Operation Food Search throughout the month of December. We partnered with STL Shirt Company to offer a special 101 ESPN online merch store this month, offering 101 ESPN t-shirts and hoodies and hats and more. Plus, we brought back some of your favorite designs, including the Dunk shirts, the Be Patient shirts, and Jamie Rivers and Brad Thompson shirtsies. Order any 101 ESPN swag during the month of December and proceeds from all sales will go to support Operation Food Search. Visit the 101 ESPN online merch store now at 101ESPN.com, powered by McBride Homes. We've got rock and roll and we got tickets? Yep. Yeah, we got tickets to give away to Def Leppard and Journey next <laughs> on 101 no. ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Brooke is going to be at Chicken and Pickle this weekend, and so is Curbs. Chicken separate and Pickle. Separate days. Separate days, Separate yeah. days. I'm, kinda, I'm doing Saturday on my own with my friends. Uh-huh. If you want to come play with us, you can. You're going to get us prepared for this match that you got us involved with. I know. I really, really do want to do this. I think that it's very important that we all get together and play some pickleball. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want. I, I definitely, because I people don't know this about Brooke. Brookie, she's so nice and so mm-hmm. sweet and so kind. She loves tires. She is freaking competitive. <laughs> mm-hmm. She is like, what are you doing? And it's like, yeah, all right, let's go. I hate losing. <laughs> I and I will do whatever it takes to make sure it won't happen. That's well, why I like to play singles so much. Yeah. Chris Kerber is going to be at Chicken and Pickle in St. Charles on Sunday, the first pickleball tournament ever at the new Chicken and Pickle location. And it's an ugly sweater tournament. Plenty more happening at that facility. Facility, including 11 pickleball courts, a game yard, a rooftop bar, and much more. Check it all out Sunday with Chris Kerber, who will be at Chicken and Pickle from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. in St. Charles. Get more info at 101ESPN.com. And we want you to make plans for July 6th at Bush Stadium. Def Leppard and Journey 
along with Cheap Trick, along with the Steve Miller Band, along with Heart, all in concert this summer. And tickets for Def Leppard Journey and Cheap Trick at Bush Stadium go on sale today. You can find a bonus chance to register to win tickets to Def Leppard and Journey and all those others at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 mobile app. But you can text in now, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO, for your chance to win free tickets to this incredible concert and Matthew has a question for you all right let's go with text number 50 on this one Randy earlier today on the fights both you and Ed correctly answered that the last team the Blues were eliminated by was the Colorado Avalanche in Blues franchise history which franchise has eliminated them the most in the playoffs eight different times Ouch. which franchise has eliminated the Blues from the playoffs eight different times across their entire franchise history Hmm. Texture number 50 gets the tickets to Def Leppard and what was it? What, Cheap Trick is uh, Def Leppard, Journey, Cheap Trick, Journey. Steve Miller Band, and Heart. I forgot about Journey. Guys, Ken Rosenthal has a new piece up at The Athletic and writes, Dylan Cease, who is under club control for two more seasons, remains an obvious target for the Reds and the Orioles, who are not involved with the top free agents, but... Cease is also a possibility for other teams monitoring the trade market, a group that includes the Yankees, Giants, Braves, and Rangers. He does not list the Cardinals, Rosenthal does not, as one of the teams that would be monitoring the Dylan Cease situation. Why Why not? I don't know. Maybe they're happy mm. with what they've got. Maybe the three starters, they said they were going to get three starters, and maybe three starters is what they were we, looking for. Can we get Mo on and ask him? Yeah. Like, hey, what? Ha- sure what? love to come up with Dylan this. Cease is a, a name that's been floated around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have any uh, thoughts there. But they want prospects, CD. They want they want too many prospects for well, Dylan Cease. prospects ain't playing here, what difference does it make? <laughs> I don't know. What point does a prospect become a pro? That's a great question. 400 at Do you give up the, uh, the might be... <laughs> for the is. And I still argue, and maybe the Cardinals feel like they have an ace in Sonny Gray, whose team, by the way, went 14 and 18 in his starts last year. 87 win team and he went for his the team went 14 and 18 when he started games. I don't look at him as an ace. Maybe they think that uh, at the age of 34 he's going to become that guy. But I, I really don't believe that the Cardinals at this stage with Michaelis and Matt's and Sonny Gray and Kyle Gibson and Lance Lynn, I don't think they have an, a, a front-of-the-rotation ace number one guy. No. Well, and we've had many other people kind of point out that same yeah. thing, right? Yeah. I think that this is – it would just feel better if they added Dylan Cease because, as I mentioned earlier, you also address things moving forward past the season because you're going to be in the same position essentially next offseason. Yeah. You're going to need that guy un- unless – Josefo turns into that guy. Or Zach Thompson, maybe. It yep. seems like they're hoping that he'll do a lot this season. Matthew Libertor is still a part of the conversation. Yep. Uh, and by the way, it's not just Cease. There, there's other guys out there that I would like to, if the Cardinals could get them, I would say, okay, that's your best starting pitcher. I think they can upgrade it right now over their best starting pitcher. But according to Ken Rosenthal, of the names that are out there, including Jesus Lazardo, Edward Cabrera, Uh, a couple of other guys that are out there that teams are talking to other teams about. Uh, Apparently, the Cardinals are not one of the teams that is being listed as being in talks. That being said, the Cardinals have surprised us in the past with uh, moves that they have made that nobody knew about or heard about. Yeah, it's very true. Still waiting on uh, Blake Snell, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. 
Maybe there's something oh, yeah. there. How about that? I don't think the Cardinals who I, uh, I, I agree with Greg with his uh, philosophy yesterday that the Cardinals are probably done with starting pitching free agency. Yeah. It really does seem that way. Randy, yeah. one of the piece of news from last night that I wanted to touch on really quickly was yesterday at Lancaster High School in Texas, Kawan Lacey took the podium to announce his commitment for his college football program. Alabama and Ole Miss both thought they had a pretty good chance on grabbing the four-star running back until he put on a Mizzou Tigers hat, and people from Alabama and Old Miss, Miss were not too happy. On the other side, though, Mizzou fans very happy getting another running back commit this time, and Gabe DeArmond, who no longer has his own Twitter account, just tweets from his Power Mizzou account, tweeted out, been covering Mizzou recruiting for 21 years. Never seen recruiting momentum quite like this. This all started when we when we heard from Eli Drinkwitz, and he said, we don't have to go search for people. People are coming to us, and it just keeps on rolling for the Mizzou recruiting. Wow. For them. Yeah. And I mean, Gabe, 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 obviously, you know, very great at his job, partially because he never gets too high or too low, depending on how Mizzou's doing. And so for him to have even that level of like positivity outright, mm-hmm. that jumps out to me and, and says a lot about what Drinkwitz and in company are doing right now. It's impressive. You, uh, and I wonder about Mizzou uh, because since the star system started, what, in the in the 80s, maybe 90s. No, it was after that. I was 90s? out of college. Okay, I was out of high school. So, but 2004, the, uh, I think. 2002, 2004. Something was like it, no, because it was Larry Smith had the star system. Well, at Mizzou said, in the, the late 24, 90s. Yeah. The 24/7, like yeah. the, those ranking, like the 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 24/7 and and I can rivals. rivals. Yeah, yeah. It was like oh, that was after, right? Yeah. yeah. But there were people that were making those judgments on players, and historically, Mizzou has not gotten the four and five star guys. So this is a change to get Lacey like this. Very impressive on the part of Eli Drinkwitz and Miz. It is, and I I liked his announcement too, where he had the bag. He brought out a mm-hmm. bag, and then he pulled out a little stuffed animals. Mm-hmm. You know, the little elephant, elephant yep. for Roll Tide, and then a shark for Old Miss, which I still will never understand. Yeah. I absolutely hate that. Anyways, but then <laughs> brings out a big banner. For Mizzou, that's just a huge moment for Mizzou there. So, great. congrats to Eli. Did you Drinkwitz. want him to pull a stuffed animal of a rebel? No, I'm saying that is not what I'm or, saying. Or, or a flag. No, <laughs> I'm talking about. I don't like the sharks as they could have found anything else. It is weird. I just don't like the sharks thing. Yep. By the way, the Fem Barn Grill on December 29th is going to have the largest Mizzou watch party. A giant 12 by 6 foot TV truck out on the parking lot at the Fen Barn Grill December 29th. And you can uh, go watch Cody Schrader and Mizzou there on December 29th. By the way, the, the Ohio uh, State. Randy, the answer <laughs> on our trivia question, do you know what it is? I figured Blackhawks. It is, in fact, the Chicago Blackhawks, despite the fact that you know they've only eliminated the Blues one time since the lockout. Really? Wow. Yeah. yeah, there were a lot of times earlier. <laughs> there were a lot of times before that. Yeah, it was not a, great. A lot of the early outs in the 60s and 80s when they didn't go to the Stanley Cup, a lot of them are against teams that are not are no longer in the same conference as them. The one team who did eliminate them in the 70s who's still in the same conference is the Chicago Blackhawks. It's because <laughs> There's a lot of like Toronto mm-hmm. and Boston losses in the 60s and 70s, but Chicago consistently through the last five decades at least one time every time, eight times for the Blackhawks. Jerks. Uh, we've got uh, Danny Mack in for the balloon party this afternoon or this morning, and he's going to talk to Derek Gould and uh, Chris Trevino. Chris Trevino from MIZZOU. So that'll be fun listening with Danny Mack. And then after that, you've got BK and Ferrario and the Fast Lane from 2 to 6 here on 101 ESPN. Big day of football tomorrow, and we're going to start it off with Bengals and Vikings here on 101 ESPN. And then a triple header on Sunday Dolphins, Jets, Cardinals, Niners, and Jags, Ravens all here Sunday. 
on 101 ESPN. Great job by our producer and audio and video engineer, the one, the only Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. Pleasure. Hey. There you go. Uh, Brooke, was this fun? Yes. Yay, How about that? How about that? No. How about that? I, well, yes, I got to hold a puppy. So but you, you're nice. not taking one home? <laughs> no, I don't think I can take one home. We've got puppies in the building today. Oh, it's amazing. It's pretty it cool. delightful. CD? Hey, kids, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us until Monday morning at 7. Have a great weekend, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.